0: is the monty show the truth in sports talk streaming when you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin all you have to do is find the monty show streaming live and available 24 hours a day seven days a week on youtube and now here's monty
1: hey hey the monty show see you mess around <laughs> and you forget to turn the mics on we do basic stuff on the monty show Presented by our good friends at The Advocates. The advocates.com as I tell you every day, you guys, the best injuries attor- injury attorneys in the business. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who asked me about, again, workman's comp, and I, I, I'm assuming there's a lot of workplace injuries because I get asked about workman's comp with The Advocates a lot. They're the best in the business at it because there's no situation in a workplace injury that the advocates have not dealt with and won and that's what you're after when you get into an injury situation on the job you need an advocate somebody to fight for you who's seen the situation you find yourself in so you can relax rest easy get back to the best version of yourself let them handle all of the issues you just need to get healthy and get back to providing for your family and they do it without ever asking you to reach into your pocket. That's what makes The Advocates so magical. You don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com where you can chat with an injury attorney 24-7, 365, online at theadvocates.com. Hello, everybody. I see everybody in the comments already. Uh, I do like to shout out some of our, our special some of our special um, viewers on the show, which Ugh. would include um, Mayor McCluskey, who I can't, he uses a curse word, like a very dirty, nasty word. Yeah, why at would the, you put that as your name? Yeah, I, I can't say those things on the show right there, like the first part of it. It, it, it. Those nasty type words, you guys, like listen. I literally think you can only say McCluskey, that's it. That's it, I mean, because you're, you're just not, you get, you're better than this. Yeah. You're better than and this. You know and you are. If you think you're not subject to a recall, Mayor McCluskey, you just go ahead and watch yourself because the esteemed, better looking than you with a nicer beard, uh, Teddy Wayman, is also on the show. You guys, in all seriousness, before we get to ACC expansion and this PAC 12 new terminology <laughs> the New York Post made up today. Um, Thank you for being here. We love you guys. You make this show possible. We are so thrilled uh, that you guys listen to the show. You comment, even though guys like, you know, Mayor McCluskey want to use nasty language and stuff like this. It, you know, <laughs> it, it's just unnecessary, sir. Uh, but you know, and Maury wants to know if he's one of the special people on the show. Well, you do live in Florida, Maury, so that yeah. makes you special. Hello, Mike Chase. <laughs> Hello, Jaron Eccles. Hello, Christopher Shannon. Uh, Infamous Montoya, you're not special at all. No, you're in fact, you're not. You're not. Now, Mike Gundy, 61st winning percentage head coach of all time. Now, that's a special name. You see what I'm saying? I'm a man. You see? (laughs) This is what makes this show great. Uh, Shybone is bringing the wood. Okay, you know, I mean, I'm I'm here for it. And what would this show be without Aaron Wilson? Uh, You know. You know. know, It is what it is. Uh, Real quick, $20 comes in today from uh, Cleveland Rocks. Saw my first Browns game at the age of six in 1968. We are one of four teams that have never played in a Super Bowl. Teams like uh, Pitts Puke, Dallas, (laughs) New England have gone to the promised land A lot, seriously, why is that? Well, because you guys are playing with washcloths, they're over here playing with beach towels. Just saying. (laughs) I mean, I'm here to real solutions. We're a solutions-based company. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You know. uh, Connor Cole also curses at us by saying the Natty is here, LFG. Connor Cole, appreciate you, who's been a member for a month. And speaking of members, everybody, let's go. Oh one, Mad Cat starts the show with a members-only content. Uh, make sure, Mad Cat, you DM Jake. Yeah, He'll DM put you bro. into DM the me. Instagram members-only group right here on the show. All right. Good to stretch our legs and get everything moving early in the show. Let's talk about uh, the biggest stories uh, in college football today. I don't know. We're kind of 1A and 1AA mm-hmm. because I find it very interesting that the New York Post today is reporting that the the Big Ten and the SEC are threatening the Big 12 with getting Pac-12ed by the Big Ten and the SEC if they get, I don't know, if their egos get too big, if their asks are too much in an expanded college football playoff. this This is what we all worry about. An inflated overrated Big Ten all of a sudden has a position at the head of the college football table while at the other end you have the SEC controlling their stake in the college football playoff. This is a problem because I got to be honest with you. I think this shows that the Big Ten and the SEC are intimidated by the Big 12 and that they understand that Brett Yormark has taken an opportunity here in expansion and seized control and seized influence, Jake. I think this is actually not a shot over the bow, but I think this is a tip of the cap to the Big 12.
0: Yeah, and I think it's classic, you know, uh, bully tactics. I mean, I I think we see this all the time uh, in our world, you know, whether it's in sports or other areas. Like, I I think the, the big boys want to continue to be the big boys. And, and whether it's the Omni Hotel, whether it's you you trying to say that we're going to pack 12 of you if you get in the way of us controlling uh, the college football playoff, like, what is this, third-grade recess? Are you taking my lunch money? Like, like come on, dude. Like, this isn't – this is – it's just not where we are in this conversation. And I think – The Big 12, frankly, at this point after expansion, has a decision to make about how they want to go about this. And I really do believe it will decide the fate of college football, meaning, okay, if we're going to play offense and we're going to continue to hunt the Big 10 and the SEC, you better know that the Big 10 and the SEC are going to clap back in some form or fashion. They are going to come after you. The only question is going to be, who is who is the conference that is ultimately going to have real control right who's ultimately going to really have the hammer to say no you want to say f me no you can go out to pasture you your conference can die because if i'm gonna doubt someone i can assure you it's not going to be brett Yormark. i can assure you that after the performance they put on in realignment in this wave i'm not doubting them and and frankly the sec is the one who who, while yes, they're expanding with Texas and Oklahoma, that feels like a, a nice little dip your toe in the water move compared to what the Big Ten and the Big Twelve have done here. And so, to me, you know, yeah, it doesn't surprise me the SEC would would try to take that position. And and the other thing I would point out is that the Big Twelve tends to move in silence. The Big Twelve tends to be the conference that you know, doesn't say a whole lot unless there's obvious media availability as part of, like, your basketball tournament or a football championship game or whatever, right? You don't really hear Brett doing a ton of media. Yeah, he went on, you know, Marchand and Oran. Like, yeah, he does here and there, but it's not really much. And that conference gets things done at a high rate. So, So when I see... You know the new york post
1: tokening a term pack yeah, and that's the shocking it was the new yeah. york post
0: yeah and we've heard this a little bit before like this is this term is not
1: like a hundred percent new you but, keep running your mouth you're gonna get packed 12 bro 10. yeah p- t- pack 10 and stuff pack x i'm you. coming over there to pack x your ass um like what is what what does that even mean if you're the big 10 and i'm gonna pack 12 you bro what does that even mean? Does that mean you're gonna like I a bunch? Drop of, that mother- you're gonna take a bunch of their team? Like, I, I love this idea that, and we're gonna talk about the ACC in five minutes or so. That the ACC is gonna come and get Houston and TCU and. They just signed a grant of rights that's just as stiff as the ACC's grant of rights. What makes you What do you guys think? You guys are interchangeable? Yeah. All of a sudden, the ACC
0: is the one that's more vulnerable than the Big Twelve, dude. The Big Twelve is incredibly healthy. I mean, and I'm not even a Big Twelve guy. I'm not like I, I don't have. Again, on this show, like. This is not like an Oklahoma show or like a Texas show or a T.C. Like, it's dude. a Notre Dame show. Okay, relax. Relax, okay? We're not doing that. No, I'm not, not doing, doing that. that. No, we're, we're not probably, doing that. We're probably okay? not doing that. We're not married to any of these conferences. And so when I say my opinion is, is that the Big 12 continues to find itself in this role of you know, disruptor. I yeah. mean, that's what Brett Yormark said in his initial comments as commissioner. He was hired as someone that needed to come in and kind of disrupt the landscape and really bring a new energy to the Big 12 as a conference. And so that's why I say this progression is inevitable. This shouldn't be seen as, oh my God, the Big 12 should go run and hide in their room. Like that's not the the standpoint but for do that. But
1: do you buy, do you believe that the, the Big 10 and the SEC have the power to pack 12 the Big 12. I do not. I think this is all posturing for what we talked about yesterday. We broke the news on the show yesterday that the college football playoff is going to have a very different look coming up in 2024 in less than a year. And I think nice. when you you see this meeting um, that is already scheduled for August 30th, so in a week and a day, that's the first meeting of the college football playoff committee. It's not going to get done in that meeting, but I would think by the turn of the year we're going to have a brand new power structure and a a brand new you know yellow brick road to follow to the college football national championship. And I think the G5 and the the P5s or the P4s, excuse me. Uh, are going to have a a face-slapping competition about, hey, how many conference games will it require? Hey, are conference champions getting auto-bids? Are the auto-bids going away? And I think this right here is the Big Ten in the SEC trying to say, hey, we're the ones in control here. You'll do as we say. To which I say, I don't know where the Big Ten gets the idea that they're in control of anything. For the last decade, you've been a, a two-horse town, dude. That's it, right? It, that's all you've been. The SEC, hey, they carry the water. I totally understand it. You've got national championships left Good and right. Time. Exactly right. Like, you've had the Saban dynasty. Now you've got, you know, the Georgia and the Kirby dynasty. And, like, the SEC has a legitimate claim as the badass in the room, and, I, and they've earned that. But the Big Ten is this conference that thinks they run the world and they do not. Congratulations on your hundred million dollars, but you might actually wanna win something. And while you get into the, the college football playoff every year, and I love this argument from Big Ten fans, we're like, well, we've got multiple teams into the playoff every year. Well, cause you're auto-bitted, cause you play nobody. You li- You quite literally have been two teams for years and years and years. So, this is not like you've been this special conference and you've had this unbelievable spread where every one of your teams has had an appearance and you haven't. It's Michigan. And before Michigan, really, it was Ohio State. And now it's Michigan and Ohio State. And now you're going to have to go and pack 12 yourself to get more teams into the college football playoff. So before Jimmy and his khakis get all up on their haunches and stuff, you might wanna tell the truth about who you really are. Mm -hmm. You're a two-team conference and that's the reality of it. And let's not even talk about where you stand in college basketball, because the four bros coming in from the Pac-12 don't help you in that category. They truly do not. And maybe UCLA can change that a little bit, but let's not sit here and pretend that UCLA's been a world beater and they're contending in the 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 NCAA tournament, because they're not either, right? The Big Twelve has earned the respect that if this New York Post story is to be believed, that they're being threatened with being Pac 12, they've earned that respect. Because mm-hmm. that's that is respect born out of fear from from the SEC and the Big Ten, in my opinion. And I think the Big Twelve has earned that. Because Brett Yormark is an operator, he is a he is a mover and a shaker.
0: This is hardly the first time the SEC has tried to intimidate the Big Twelve, right? Like let's, oh, not, let's not let's not let's not joke around or beat around the bush or, or act naive about the idea that the SEC is is trying to. I, I I the way I like to verbalize it is they're just trying to bully people in in the PR room, right? They're just trying to say, hey, we're gonna use we're gonna as sure. as, as, as good old Kirk Schultz used to say the optics in the room need to be a certain type of way if you're the SEC, which is, hey, we've won the most. We got Alabama and Georgia. You guys can all pound sand. And and frankly, I don't necessarily disagree with that strategy if you're Greg Sankey in the SEC. Yeah. I get that strategy. But again, if you're Brett, you Mark, I think the huge win here is 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 precisely the opposite of what you said with the big ten all the brands you added will help you in 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 both sports and you are already uh, a really strong proponent in both sports and by the way all your presidents in the conference which i think this is a key point all the presidents in the conference are in alignment on where the conference is going can't say that about the 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 acc I'm not quite sure you can say it about the Big Ten because there was a lot of hesitation around Oregon and Washington and what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. And you notice they dragged their feet on that a little bit. And they were, you know, they were a little bit worried about, you know, uh, raiding the Pac-12. Funny how we went from we're scared to raid the Pac-12 and be seen as conference killers to, yeah, we're going to Pac-12 you remarkable anybody notice that shift in in marketing campaigns anybody notice that shift in strategy because I certainly have we went from yeah we're gonna be nice guy and we're gonna lay low we're not gonna be mean publicly anyway but then we're gonna take all your best brands and we're gonna kill your conference because you were incompetent and you let it happen basically and now we've shifted to yeah Brett you need to watch yourself because you know if you get in the way of us making decisions over here even though you're sitting at the same table you know, we're going to pack 12. uh, It's
1: not even decisions. It's how much money is the big 12 going to ask for? Like, what are the, the, because all of these conferences want guarantees on some level. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants access. That's, that's the bottom line. And again, to go back to the PAC 12, this is why BYU was such a huge loss for the PAC 12. The decision not to add BYU was a fatal blow here because you want to talk about reach and access. BYU gives you that. You want to talk about reach and access. My belief is that Houston gives you huge reach and access because not only is it a metro market, but it gives you, in my opinion, complete geographic control of Texas, yeah. which is a huge deal. I think UCF gives you a really nice reach into a massive market in Florida. I, I, When we talk about reach equaling revenue, who's got more geographic reach than the Big 12 right now? Well, nobody now no. a year from now, we could have an argument about the big 10 because the big 10 is coast to coast. You add four power brands out of the pack 12 in addition to the, the, the reach that's already in place in the big 10. Okay. Now we can have that conversation, but if we're, if we're being really honest. The biggest concern, I think, for the SEC and the Big Ten is that the Big 12 is going to have it in football, and they've already got it in basketball. Yep. And you've already got reach into Mexico, and you've already got reach into New York City in basketball. And I love this for the Big 12. I I, I think this is, a, this is a huge tip of the cap, and I'm curious what you guys think. Like, where do you come down on this? Get in the comments section now. Um, PXG McCluskey, let's well, go, well, well. let's go. Well, 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 that's my guy right there. PXG
0: McCluskey. Now, now M- mayor, I need some confirmation. You are a right-handed golfer, right? Like
1: you're not a lefty. No way. There is no way that he is a right-handed golfer. <laughs> now, you know, on this show, we are PXG guys through and through. Mm-hmm. I
0: None of this Callaway nonsense. A hundo P. Yeah.
1: I'm telling you now. McCluskey is golfing with us up at Canyons. Yep. In Park City. You, by the way, their seasonal price uh, decrease happened today. $70. Any Utah resident, it's $70 bucks around at Canyons Golf in Park City now. It is unbelievable. Well worth it. Well worth your 70 bucks. Uh PXG McCluskey is a right-handed golfer. Let's go, I like baby. it. I like it. We'll see you this weekend. We are playing uh, Saturday or Saturday at three. Yeah, with Mayor McCluskey up at uh, Canyon. It's going to be amazing. Uh, phenomenal Hebrew. The SEC is three teams: Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. That's about it. Oh, contraire, mon frere, because one of the interesting things today we're talking about is the over/unders, um, win totals mm-hmm. from MGM, and MGM does not agree with you. Yeah, MGM does does not agree with you at all. I think the
0: thing with the SEC is that you have a situation where, yeah, sure, you can say that they're top heavy. Sure. I mean, but that's every that's that's every conference on the football field. I mean, there isn't a conference that exists where, you know, and and sure, if you want to make the big 12 is is pretty solid top to bottom. That's fine. You can do that. But when we're talking about the college football playoff, every conference is top heavy in terms of the college football playoff yeah. but but i think where the sec separates itself is that is that they have the one off team that can make a ton of noise like you look at in the sec like lsu is a good example lsu is college football playoff caliber some years they are like they they are that team that will yeah. make a lot of noise in in the sec but but again, I think that's why this year for Texas, last year in the Big 12, I think it's huge because if Texas is going to come into the SEC and Texas is going to be a big brand that can compete to win the SEC, I'm not saying they're better than Bama and Georgia, but I'm just simply saying if they're going to be in that championship game for the SEC, let's say on a regular basis, yeah. that's a big deal for the SEC. So, and we haven't even gotten Oklahoma. So, I think when you're looking at odds and you're looking you're saying, okay, what is what are the what are the boys in Vegas saying? Like I think it's kind of crazy when you look at these lines because they clearly
1: say the SEC is strong. Yeah, you look at Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama. Georgia's at eleven and a half. Bama, Ohio State, Michigan are at ten and a half. SC, Florida State, Clemson, Penn State. Um, all the way down to Tennessee are at nine and a half. Yeah. And then Notre Dame, we're we're not winning nine games. Stop.
0: you view this season as a failure?
1: Well, don't get me started. But I think you 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 look at the depth of the SEC. What is old miss this year? Because I'm somebody that believes that Lane trains coming. I think I think Lane Kiffen um is is not gonna toil. I look at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is going to have another monster year. I think there is a – the disappointing team in the SEC this year, I think there's a real chance it's Florida Mm -hmm. is the the disappointing team. But what about Jimbo at Texas A&M? And look, to your point about, you know, hey, it's Georgia and Bama and LSU. Okay, sure. Historically, over the last three years, yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think you look forward – And even just into this year, because I think your point about OU and Texas is exactly right. Mm -hmm. But you look at this year, I think obviously Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, those are huge. But Missouri's got a chance to be a much better football team than they were last year. I think Arkansas, Auburn, you look at the bottom half of the conference is always what defines you. It's not the top three, four teams in your conference that define you. The strength of a conference is built on your on your really bad football teams. Yep. And and obviously your Vandy's, your your you know your Mississippi States who are not haven't been relevant for some time. You need those teams to really step up. Can Duke win football games in the ACC? Can Drake May and Carolina win football games in the ACC? Those are huge questions. But if that's the the measure, and I believe that it is. Talk to me about the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I agree Dude. with you that West Virginia is going to be an absolute shit show. I think they are going to – I don't know that West Virginia it wins four games this because year. Because it's garbage! They're going to be terrible. But what do you – like, everybody is counting on this big backslide out of TCU. I think there's no doubt when you lose a talent they lost and you had the wins they had. Yeah. You're going to step back. Mm. They're not going to win five games or six games and miss a bowl. Yeah. That, that we were watching a national show today that said, man, TCU's going to have to fight and claw for a bull berth. And I'm like, do you have any idea what you're talking about? I, I, I look at the Big 12. Sure, is Iowa State going to be a bowl team? I have no idea. I, with the gambling scandals and the turmoil, and yeah. Iowa State's in a tough spot, but so is Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's a Big 10 team. You you look at the the Big 12... I think Houston can compete. I also heard somebody today say that Dana Holgerson was a a hot mess at Houston. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell are you you talking talking about, about? bro? Like his players at Big 12 football media days raved about Dana Holgerson. Yeah, like I look at this conference. I think the biggest question mark in the Big 12 is going to be Dave Aranda and Baylor. Yeah, can can Dave Aranda win eight games at Baylor this year? He's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Same thing about Brett Venables uh, at 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 Oklahoma. Can Brent win eight, nine games this year? If, if Baylor and Oklahoma perform, this conference is going to be the best Deep, football bro. conference in the country. Deep, they, they are. Now, having said that, by the way, on the way out the door, uh, the Pac-12 is going to be excellent. The Pac-12 is going to be excellent. Oregon State is going to be a handful. Yeah, I can see Cal winning games they shouldn't win. UCLA's not ranked, and maybe they shouldn't be. But boy, Chip Kelly's got athletes, and I, I, I am here to tell you, UCLA's going to win some games cool. you don't think they should win.
0: UCLA is the TCU, the Pac-12, right? DTR
1: moved on, yeah. lost some talent there. You would, you yeah. would figure a backslide, but we'll see. I think Arizona is going to be difficult. I think. I, you know, we'll see what's going on with Arizona state at quarterback and we can get into that decision next week. But I think this conference and how crappy
0: is Colorado going to be? Let's
1: not leave them out. It's a four win team, man. I know it hurts your heart to say that, but I, I think you're looking at Washington is arguably the most underrated team in the country. Certainly that they are ranked 10th that Utah is ranked 14th. Okay. 14 fine. You have quarterback issues. Totally get it. Totally understand it. 14th? Okay. You have two teams in Washington and and Utah that nobody has shown respect to so far. I look at, at a team like USC, Oregon. I think Oregon at 15. How is Oregon 15? How is Oregon 15? Dan Lanning and I don't know. I think this conference is flying under the radar. I think Oregon State has a chance to be a top ten team in this it, it, by the time this season's over. Yeah, and I will fight you for that. <laughs> I will fight you for that. That's right, son dude. of Skeeter. You clearly don't know how uh, much about Big Twelve and West Virginia is going to make you look so stupid. I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do. They look horrendous on paper.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean they look. Really, really bad on paper. I I don't know that there's a team that looks worse but going please, into the season.
0: Please, and I'm being serious. I'm not even trying to razz you. Have
1: your crow sandwich ready. Give it to us. Hey, man, listen it, to the show, man. If West Virginia, if West Virginia goes to a bowl, I, I'm not sure what I, I will shave. I will sure. shave Jake Jake's eyebrows. If West Virginia goes to a bowl, I will shave Jake's eyebrows on the show. Yeah, that's I mean, not happening, dude. We'll do that's, it. No, it's not. We'll do. it don't, no, don't not, you, dude? Don't you think I won't? You fucking donkey. I know I will. I we're not doing that. Wyatt Earp for four dollars and twenty cents. Wyatt well, Earp. Uh, what's the over under on month dash year the ACC breaks up? I don't think the ACC is breaking up inside of twelve months. I, I, I don't see it happening this year. I don't think anybody's going anywhere in 2024. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening. John Marzula, new uh, 12-team basketball tournament featuring only Big 12 ECC Big East teams. Taste of their own medicine. Could be. I mean, the SEC's a hell of a basketball conference right now. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to keep them out? Big 10, eh. But why would you want to keep the, the SEC out of <laughs> any tournament that you're starting, that would be lunacy. Yeah. That's a really good basketball conference, man. A really good basketball conference. Um, all right, let's get some of your thoughts in here. Uh, too much g- uh, gravy for my biscuits. Cal can't pay for wins. No, they can't. No, they can't. Rick Forrester. Houston is a sleeper team. I don't disagree with that. I do not disagree with that at all. Um, <laughs> Too much gravy says prime leg. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you a toe. I can get you a turf toe. We can do that. Uh, Salamini preseason polls are g- garbage. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, let's see. Rainy Branson says Chandler Morris will get TCU eight wins. Max eight wins is pretty good. Eight wins is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if you if you backslide to eight wins, I think you're you're fine. You're fine. Jesus Pinto, six and six Texas, six and six Oklahoma, six and six K-State. Texas, I will shave Jake's other eyebrow if Bro, Texas goes six and six. Bro, I only have
0: two eyebrows, dog. Like, I don't have ten eyebrows, dude. I'm not Anthony Davis. Come on, Do man. Do you guys
1: really believe that there's a chance Texas wins six games? Because the boys in Vegas completely disagree with you. Texas at the at MGM. Texas is at what are they at nine and a half? Is their over over under win totals? It's a Big Twelve. And and uh, again, we have this conversation every year, bro. Look, bro, I know you don't know Big Twelve football.
0: First team. I'll never win the conference.
1: But Texas hasn't won the 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 Big Twelve in like nine thousand days. (laughs) (laughs) And if you add the seconds and then the milliseconds since Texas won the the Big Twelve, hey guys, I mean that tells me that West Virginia's winning nine games this year. I mean it's formulaic, Pythagorean theory and shit. Donnie, now, Mike, take please. Minutes and seconds since Texas won the Big Twelve equals West Virginia national champion. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. I mean, that's not me saying that. It's the quadratic equation from the Pythagorean thing or like whatever the geometry shit is. You just, just add, the add it the fucking vernal equinox. And Neil Brown's the coach of the year. Look at look the look on the. I mean, look at the over unders. Can't make this stuff up, bro. Uh, Bro, does anybody really believe? Do you really believe? Oh, man, Texas Quinn Ewers. I mean, he is gonna wait. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. How long is good old Quinn Ewers gonna be starting for Texas? You
1: know, you're
0: worrying about guys, 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 guys,
1: guys. (laughs) Come on, come on, seriously. You guys, like, I'm amazed. And listen, like here we go. Here we go. Team fourteen. K State, Texas, and OU <laughs> will be at least nine and three. OU has a very easy schedule. Okay, I can live with that. Yeah,
0: that's doable.
1: But not guy that's like, look. Now I was talking to a friend of mine. Hello, Hello here, here. man. And, and I'm just saying, I understand he lives in Tarrant County, and he is an SEC guy now because you know the SEC owns Dallas. But he oh, was no. here. Oh my! I mean, they, they're at the Omni Hotel. Go look. <laughs> the signs are on the wall, dude. He told me Texas is capped at five wins this year in Vegas, and then whatever the boys in Vegas want, Tarrant County gives them.
2: Yeah. Next question.
1: Like that guy, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Like I understand. I get it. Quinn Ewers is probably going to sprain some sort of lady parts before the season even starts. Great. Mm-hmm. Should have been starting Manny anyways. That's that's Just all saying. I'm saying. Uh, Domer Wop says flux capacitor. Hey, Domer. Too much gravy says Texas undefeated on being back. They are they're back again. They're they're back again. Uh, and donuts, golf fund for five dollars. Thank you. Appreciate Simple you, cost of one sugar coffee. Exactly. Do you guys know that I've in my entire life I've had cappuccino. I've never had a cup of coffee. Never. And I'm proud. And of I that. worked at Starbucks. And I'm proud of that. Boyd Lake, uh, Texas is, quote, stacked every freaking year. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've watched the, 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 the Longhorns. Look at them, boy. Now, listen, admittedly, they've disappointed us every year. All hat, no cattle. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, they got some beef up front. This is our year. This some is,
0: beef up front.
1: This is our, like, I'm telling you. Get out the Clorox, wipe, get the manure off the boots, and head down to DKR, because this is going to be a year. Sark ain't drunk anymore. We're doing this thing.
2: <laughs> That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer.
1: Probably way too much. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Rainy Branson, just a friendly banter, though. Exactly. Uh, Monty, I think Washington Huskies will go 4-8 this year. Guys, listen. <laughs> who the (laughs) is that guy have you checked the rain gauge in seattle bro (laughs) four and eight (laughs) uh pxg mccluskey bro my sources bro tell me byu is 18 and 0 this year know your role and shut your mouth okay know your role know your role and shut your mouth by freaking you and they don't drink coffee either, especially not warm coffee. Or cold, is it up there? I don't remember. Iced. Uh, thank you, sir. No caffeine, please. But you give me a gold can of Coca-Cola, BYU will beat that ass. Stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You get, This is all off the top of my head. Uh, Kaufman, uh, bet the under on Texas. They never live up to their expectations. <laughs> okay. Okay, listen. Listen, I'm here yeah. for you guys. The, the, there it is. Yeah. The, the guys at, at MGM, Bet MGM, have Texas at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And the under, if you go under, it's plus 105. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad number. It's not a bad number. So do it. Do, t- show me how wrong I am. Show me how wrong I am. Dude, I will clean your boots. With Jake's shirt personally. That? Let me tell you what Nat. You know, there's not a chance in the world. And Texas, I I will say, okay, let me um oh God, he's gonna make excuses now. Fat ass is backtracking, and that's a big track. Hit the damn like button, thanks. Uh yeah, hit the <laughs> like button and subscribe. Um <laughs> Texas's schedule is not by any stretch easy. Rice win. win. At Alabama. Loss. Wyoming. Win. At Baylor. Win. Kansas. Win. The, what are they calling it now? The Red River, all-state Red River rivalry, right? At the Cotton Bowl. Call that a loss just for conversation's sake. <laughs> Dude, if Texas loses to Oklahoma now. Okay, call it a win. You're right. You're right. Okay, win. So they're one right now. That's 6 games. They're 5 and 1.
0: For 5 and 1, only lost to Alabama.
1: At Houston. Win. 6 and 1. BYU auto win. 7 and 1. Wow. <laughs> Guy K-State it, it, in lost. in Austin.
0: Oh, uh, in Austin. It's
1: at it, it is at DKR. Not win, Manhattan. Dude. Yeah, that's a win. 8 At TCU in Tarrant County, Fort Worth. It's not Tarrant. It's Fort Worth. TCU, November
0: 11th. You gotta give them a win. I, I just—they're better. They should be better.
1: Nine and one. Iowa State ten and one. And then the game of games. Mm. Home for Texas Tech. Should be a win. The 24th of November. You guys wouldn't know anything about this, would you? DKR, Texas Memorial Stadium. I and listen. I don't have a dog in the fight, man. I want I want Texas Tech to win that game so bad. <laughs> I want it because that that game, that game, it's a huge game, dude. Massive college football playoff implications potentially. But I think Texas Tech and Alabama are the two that you could lose. Yeah, because they're not they're, There's not a team on that schedule that's and better than Texas.
0: The boys in Vegas have them at nine and a half.
1: Nine and a half. Oh, that's tough, bro. You got to have balls to go over on that. You. Cuz I think 10 is the max. I don't think you can go to Tuscaloosa in week 2 and beat beat Alabama. Cuz yeah, I mean they they took you to the wire and and Bryce Young made a hell of a play. But where do you guys come down on that schedule with Texas? With like what do you guys you know? Uh James Smith, a new member of the show. <laughs> Let's go! Oh, Jimmy Smith! Good to see you. It's James. It's James. Jimmy. Uh, Jesus Pinto says, Texas 0, Alabama 56. <laughs> Bryce Martin, y'all shitting on you or is like he wasn't one of the... The dynasty is not over! <laughs> uh, one of the top recruits ever coming out of high school. I hate Texas, but this year they're different. Well y'all
0: shitting on
1: yours. You gotta stay <laughs> you gotta stay healthy. Cougar tracks, Texas never reaches their potential. Nope. Rick Forrester. Houston versus TCU in Houston is going to be a massive game. Yeah. You know. Look, I think it is. And I understand Texas is always right. Texas is always overrated. Yeah. Always. Stutterers says they're baiting the over on Texas. Oh my God! Yes, hundred percent. Yes, because what are the chances they go? You know, they're uh, uh, dude.
0: Ten wins on that schedule is tough, bro. No it doubt is. about it. We haven't even gotten the injury stuff yet. I and mean, let's
1: say that they put Manning in. If they're ten and two, dude, with that schedule, yeah, ten and two. 'Cause really your only your only give are rice in Wyoming and those are in September. Yeah. Packaged around Alabama. I mean, that would be you that would be incredible. You would have to admit at that point, that is yeah. that's incredible. You know. Uh Zach Sloter says thoughts on the White Sox possible relocation. Give me ten minutes on that, and I'll answer that question. Cyclone fan gives us ten dollars. When do lawsuits start in college football conference changes? They won't. It, it, like, who's going to sue? Because you're in the NCAA, which means you're a member of the NCAA, so you play by their rules.
0: And the what a- exactly are you suing for?
1: Yeah, The NCAA is a nonprofit. Uh, they have antitrust exemption. You, as a charter member of the uh, NCAA fraternity, you know, you as a member of the fraternity, I should say, you agree not to litigate. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all, We've talked about this almost every day now. It's awfully difficult to do that. Yeah. Kurt Peters with El Nino winter. Wow. My local weatherman says Colorado's going six and six. Do, do all do all of your local weathermen smoke crack or just that one guy? Just. I, I mean, I'm just asking. There's no if. That's pretty guys, much self-explanatory. How does just find me a path?
0: Buddy said they
1: go six and six. Find me a path. Even in the, specifically while still in the Pac-12, you find me a path. Pac-10 where Colorado wins six of these games Uh, at TCU September 2nd. Nebraska. Win. You think they're beating Nebraska? Yeah. Okay. There's one win. Colorado State. Win. Okay, there's two. At Oregon. Loss. USC. Loss. At Arizona State. Potential win, but probably a loss. Throw it in for three. Stanford,
0: that's a potential win.
1: Four at UCLA loss. At uh, or home for Oregon State loss. Home for Arizona loss. Loss uh, at Washington State win. L- no, that's a loss. Uh, at Utah, that's four. If I'm uh, that's four. If I'm Why giving do you, you Arizona think
0: State, that they can't beat
1: Washington State because Washington State's gonna be better than people think. Okay, yeah. Washington State. I'm t- I I I'm just telling you. Washington State is going to be better than people think. And when you look at their their depth at quarterback and you look Mm. at... Okay. Neither
0: their gunslinger team. But Prime's team is going to be set up for high-scoring games because he knows he can't
1: stop anybody. Well, and the the, the thing that is so impressive about Arizona State is Jaden Rashada is the starting quarterback there. Yeah. He and... You remember he is a true freshman, and he's a guy that signed at Florida with that massive NIL controversy. And <clears throat> yeah, yeah, dude. There's just not a
0: way, man. Arizona State's a program I'm gonna have to see before I believe you're gonna have to show me. I don't me disagree that he's got with that. that. He's got that dialed in. I
1: don't disagree with that at all
0: because that that team is always hype machine, and then not the not quite as bad as Texas certainly, but Arizona State's that team that's like,
1: oh yeah, they're gonna be. This is the year, and it's like, no, it never happens. Uh, Delaric, Texas will lose to Bama, Tech in a random conference game because that's what Texas does. It is because <laughs> Tech wins the conference undefeated or one loss, dude. Texas Tech, I want it so bad for all my boys in Lubbock. I really, really do. I want it because I think if you look at the Texas Tech schedule, and I, I look, I understand it. Texas Tech, their schedule is very winnable. The Oregon game is in Lubbock. You look at, I mean, that Tarleton State game now. Their first road game is at West Virginia. If you don't beat West Virginia by 21, don't come home. Yeah. Don't come home. I agree. I agree. Houston, at at home for Houston. That's a win. And then October 7th, we're going to find out. And by then, we'll know who Baylor is. But I think that's the first really difficult. Hey, who the hell is Texas Tech? Because I think there's a real chance you're beating Oregon. Yeah. Can you go to Baylor and win after you face Tarleton, West Virginia, and Houston? And how healthy will you be coming out of the Houston game? Because they're, they're going to yes. they're going to they're going to feast. They are going to have hors d'oeuvres on your leg bones. Yeah, like that Houston team is going to be nasty. And then we keep seeing it real with Kansas State. Then you go to BYU, and trust me, that's a losable game. You're going to, I know. Wow, well, It's BYU, first year in the conference. It's at altitude. It is going to be colder. What's the date on the Octo- game? October 21st. Yeah, there's potential snow on the ground. It's going to be chilly. Yeah. And it's Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which is going to be jacked. So that's going to be a national game, in my opinion, nighttime. Yeah, Texas BYU should be a national game, no doubt. Uh, no t- and then you go from – Texas Tech goes from at BYU, home for TCU, at Kansas.
0: I'm saying 10 is just such a high number, bro. Like, <laughs> that, uh, you're, 8 and, and, seems more reasonable. By the way,
1: you also finish with UCF at home and at Texas. I, I – I, 8, eight – if TC – or excuse me, if Texas Tech – Yeah. If Texas Tech wins nine games, I will personally – no, I'm not going to take a line from the Wolf of Wall Street. Hello, hey, my man. point is <laughs> – put joey in the hall of fame today yeah if that happens because whoa dude that would be that would be really that would be incredible that would be you win nine games my god uh the oregon texas tech game ooh, uh that game is man uh gary wolf not even prime time is going to turn collar around that fast that's what i'm saying yeah, it's not disparaging, and they're just. You're. How are you going to flip that? I, I. They. I think they were one one in 11, one one in eleven last year. Like they were yeah. they couldn't even compete. And I know he flipped the roster and order Chador- well, – I don't
0: think anyone thinks they're going to be an eight win team. I just think that you know they're. Like I six I, wins. I my opinion of Colorado is simply that they're going to make it difficult on you, whether they win or lose. To me. Is totally dependent on who they're playing and how that team handles what they try to do. Because I, I, I honestly think that Prime is that guy that's going to have his guys playing at 110%, even if they suck, right? Like, even if you're terrible, you're going to play at 110%. I don't disagree. And you're going to try and be really physical and you're going to try and kick the hell out of the other team physically because you know you can't beat them straight up. So, yeah, I don't disagree with so that. So, the question for me with Prime is simply going to be, can the defense get him a turnover every single game? Can you get me one turnover every game? Because if you can do that, you have an opportunity at least. Now, I don't think they're winning six games. I don't. I think that's incredibly difficult and a lot to ask in year one. I'd love to see him win four games, though. I think that's a huge improvement if he wins four games. Teddy
1: Wayman says, I believe in prime. And as Louie. Eddie Stoss, CU wins three games. Yeah, right in that window. James L., Says, I don't think Texas beats TCU in double OT, but I'm sure cheering for horns down on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the way he did horns down. Oh, James, that's amazing. Uh, Teddy Wayman, Colorado will probably win five, maybe six games this year. Dude, I'm telling you,
0: man, that's aggressive. Teddy, you got a position on Colorado, or is that just your take?
1: My goodness. Rick Forrester, my priest told me Houston will beat Texas. In God's name, image, and likeness. Dude, I, I you might want to change Parish. God bless. And Donuts. Colorado three and nine. Their team will be in total disarray. I don't I don't know about don't know disarray. About that, dude. He Prime has a really good coaching staff. Yeah. And he's got playmakers. He just but he's he's he doesn't have a two deep across the board. Yeah. He doesn't have forty-four guys. He's probably got thirty-five. Maybe. And you can't. And a conference as difficult as the Pac-12, man. Winning six games in the Pac-12 is going to be a challenge for even like a Utah. Yeah. They're going to have to fight their way to wins.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oregon's going to have to fight their way to six, seven, eight wins. I I look at USC. Again, I, I know. Everybody's like, oh, bro, totally overrated. Okay, so look at USC real quick. Look at USC. They're a top, I would put them, top three team in the country. I think they're that talented. You know. Where's the first loss come for Great USC? question. San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. At Arizona State, at Colorado. Arizona, at Notre Dame. I think they're. Notre Dame. No.
0: Potentially Notre Dame. Is that home or away?
1: That's at Notre Dame. I'm just telling you. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, our mother. Please bless us because Notre not Dame's going Notre to Dame's suck. I'm not
0: saying Notre Dame's good. I'm saying that game is is a huge wild card. Notre Dame's going to be lucky to be a 500 team. What if What if Caleb Williams is out for the season before
1: the Notre Dame game? Oh shit! I, I
0: well, that's my point though. You don't know. You're deep into the what if, season. What if my dude? mom
1: had never given birth to me? You all would be bored right now. But she did, so you're not. Right? I'm a pimp. Pimps going pimp, and I'm just telling you. Caleb Williams, I'm not going to play the what if he breaks his arm game because I hope it doesn't happen. I hope every player stays healthy because that's, that's, that's what we all want, the best players going head-to-head. Notre Dame doesn't have best players. <laughs> Notre Dame doesn't.
0: Dude, you call yourself a Notre Dame fan, and yet
1: you're here as somebody said shitting on them. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> I'm telling you now, Notre Dame's not good. Um, Utah, they're going to beat Utah. They'll win at Cal. I think their first – I think their first potential losses do not even show up until November. And that's going to be the Washington Huskies coming to the Coliseum in a game I really would like to be at. Uh, and then USC goes and plays the wildly overrated uh, Boza Dick, or Bo Nix, my bad.
0: Um, yeah, I know what time it is. You confused and stuff, Billboard you know, right.
1: um, At Oregon on November 11th, and then they finish with UCLA. Those are their those are their three best chances to lose a game. I think Utah's their fourth best chance. And throw in a crazy road game, Arizona State comes to mind because they're going to have a wild quarterback. But I don't see USC losing until maybe November 4th. Okay. Unless Caleb's fingernail polish chips off and people get crazy, it could happen. But... If he listens to Football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, I just I just don't see that happening. Because Football at 50 is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTI25. There's levels of this game, man. To get 25% off yeah. the purchase. Yeah. Um. All right. Real quick, t- eight minutes from now, we'll get into the ACC news. I wanna start with Nick Bosa and the Sam Frog's Disco 49ers. Does anybody realize Nick Bosa is holding out? Is this one of the most under-the-radar stories ever? Oh, certainly not Jonathan Taylor killer whale level. Well, you know. <laughs> Jim Mursay was gonna pay a whale twenty million dollars to fly across the country.
0: Before he paid Jonathan Taylor!
1: Nick Bosa is still holding out, and both Nick Bosa and the uh, Sam Frogs Disco 49ers both say it's going exactly how they anticipated. Like, hey man, we're 20 days, I think, away from the season or something like that, 14 or whatever it is. We're two weeks away from the season. What do you mean that this is how it's going? I think they're a Super Bowl contending team as long as Brock Purdy stays healthy. Yeah. And then they still may be because Sam Darnold's their backup now. But without Nick Bosa, this th- this team does not win a Super Bowl, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's different. And I don't know where the NFL and their organizations thought it would be a good idea to not pay your best players. Because that's where we're at. Hey, we're not going to pay Bosa. We're not going to pay Jonathan Taylor. We're not going to pay Saquon Barkley. We're not going to pay you know, any, uh, you know, any of these guys. And I just don't understand it. I I don't know. Like, I understand that there's a cap and money. Yeah. Guys want more money. And, you know, we get to sit around and talk about going short in some areas and, you know, not paying Zach Martin. Like, why are we not paying our best players, dude? There is a cut of player in the league that deserves to be paid at the very top in the premium category. Totally agree. And then everybody else gets to take a pay cut because of that. And that's just how business works. But I just, dude, the league is defined on making plays when it counts. And
1: guys like Bosa make those plays. Yep, totally agree. So does uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield wins the Tampa Bay Bucs quarterback job. Shaboy, Baker go, Let's, Let's go, go. My guy, man. Come on now. Jake is a huge Baker Mayfield guy. Um woke up feeling dangerous. Yeah, nah. you know, dangerous. I, I don't think this matters because I just don't think, think they're I think their offensive <laughs> line has taken some hits. They're a I bad think,
0: team with a bad
1: quarterback who's not gonna win anything. I think Baker's serviceable. I just don't think Tampa's any good. And I think the other story around Baker Mayfield. Is he suing his father's company over missing money? What is it, $12 million? Yeah, $12 million. I think. Baker signs an NFL contract, invests $12 million in his dad's company, and then goes to find out where the money is and when he's getting a return and nobody has any answers. So now Baker Mayfield is suing his father's company in what looks like a situation and sounds like a situation, in my opinion, where somebody – Stole Baker Mayfield's $12 million.
0: Yeah, basically, you know, Baker invested in his dad's company or what he thought was his dad's company. And it turns out Oof. there's actually two companies and the money's in a different company. And so now, like, you know, it's just that it's all messed up. And this is this happens to athletes sometimes, you know. And, and and I am, much like Baker, very much surprised that this is an issue because it's his dad's company. You would think that that would just be. A little be, shocking. Yeah, you would think that that would just be like, hey, yeah, great. Here's the money back. Appreciate you, son. Like we're good, yep. But no, that's not what happened. Well,
1: and then there is this whole situation with uh, Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets this week. Mm-hmm. There was some shock and awe that Aaron Rodgers was going to suit up in a preseason game. I, are you surprised? Would you play him? I I would play him. Yeah, Robert I, Salah yeah. said, "Yeah, um, we're going to be." He said, "We're not going to be careful, but we are going to be weary." They are going to monitor him very closely. They can't afford to have Aaron Rodgers get hurt. But you've got to play football in the preseason. I am not a believer that you can just show up and, and play in week one.
0: Yeah, well, and I think the thing for Aaron is that, you know, there's nothing that replaces that game speed rep. And, and I'm not even saying for Aaron's purposes. I have no doubt what he can do. I, I think this is much more about, hey, that offensive line, guys, Aaron Rodgers is stepping up behind you. It's time to do your job. It's no longer good enough to let Zach Wilson just get plastered all over the turf. So, you know, to me, I, I, I also think – you know, uh, when do we start seeing Aaron Rodgers do the whole, you know, snap count thing and getting free plays and all the stuff that he did in Green Bay? Well, that's they, a great question. They, they, he's got to be able to do all that. He's got to be able to change protection. He's got to be able to mess with, you know, vocally mess with the defensive line.
1: Like, But he that. has his offensive coordinator there. They know each other. They're very familiar with each other. The thing that concerns me most is just chemistry with his wide receivers and you don't get that in practice that comes in games and then by the way it's tuesday night so hard knocks is out tonight yep uh what do you guys make of aaron Rodgers, the star of hard knocks which is pissing everybody off yeah is is aaron Rodgers too much a part of hard knocks
0: I mean, I, you understand why in the opening episode, Aaron Rodgers is the centerpiece. I get it. I, I understand it. And I even understand why last week, you know, when they did the whole mentalist thing, Aaron Rodgers was a huge part of that. I, I get that. But but I, I, I think the hard part for Hard Knocks this year is that they're not being given total access. They're not being given the, hey, yep, here's the, you know, do anything you want pass in the organization. Because that's what Hard Knocks is about. And in... I find it funny that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is literally on Hard Knocks talking about to the guy who voices Hard Knocks, hey, like, why aren't you guys giving us more access or whatever? And and he wants to say that people are a little uncomfortable. And and I just don't understand that. Like, on some level, like, I think Hard Knocks has a track record. So yeah, I'm a little burned out on Aaron Rodgers. But what other choice does Hard Knocks have? It's not like they have full access. You're, You're not you're not giving them more to work with. So they essentially get practice. They yeah. get the game and they get certain team meetings. Notice, by the way, which I think no one's talking about, you're not getting the running back room. You're not get, like you're getting no. very specific Aaron and Zach in the room watching film, Aaron on the field, Aaron in the in the team meeting. Like, dude, I, I get it. He's on the team. Yeah. Give me more sauce Gardner. Give me more Mike outside. Get like, dude, give me more of these other
1: guys. I mean, I I just think you should give everybody more Papa Murphy's calzones. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do
0: the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it?
1: How do I do it? Uh, Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, Honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And
3: don't forget the calzones.
1: Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure that you use promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Love that. Uh, hey, before we uh, bump up to hour number two, I want to go back and uh, answer my guy Sloter's question about the White Sox possible relocation. Um, The Chicago White Sox are not leaving Chicago. No. And the owner of that club is a gentleman named Jerry Reinsdorf, who is a Chicago sports icon. I could see a guy like Jerry selling the White Sox. He also owns the Chicago Bulls and United Center. Um, But I don't see the White Sox ever leaving Chicago. Could they take over Soldier Field where the Bears are going to bump out of there? Sure they could. Um, could they take over Arlington Park if the Bears abandon that? Sure. I think they would like a suburban location. They weren't able to get that done. I think their best bet is to build right back across the street because they do need a new facility. I mean, Comiskey Park, which is guaranteed rate field, I think still. Um, you know, it it, it it served a purpose, but now it's they need a new building. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is a savvy businessman. I'd be really surprised. Re- I'd be surprised. I'd almost be disappointed. Uh, as a Chicagoan and a Chicago sports fan to see Jerry Reinsdorf not on the White Sox. I'd be really surprised. Uh, yeah. They're disappointing. They have not played up to what people thought they would be. But I would be really disappointed if he did that.
0: Yeah, and I think that I, I would completely agree. I, I just don't see the, – the White Sox are in a, an iconic city, you know, when I look at teams that you know, just across sports, you know, when I look at certain teams who want to move, like the Arizona Coyotes want to move because they're an afterthought, nobody gives a damn about them in in Arizona and specifically in Phoenix. Like nobody cares. Yeah, and nobody. And and everybody in Phoenix, or the people who are invested in the coyote's success, will tell you people are willing to drive out to Glendale to see that team, and they're just not. And and I think for the White Sox, I would agree. They need a new facility. And by the way, they've been better. I, I way, mean, I, by I, the way. Yeah, by the way, they've been better. And I do think that uh, they're not better every single year, but nobody is.
1: Yeah, they're disappointing for sure. So, slow to appreciate the $2 tip. Thank you. Uh, hour number two of the show presented by the Utah Utes. Actually, it's tickets to see Colorado at Utah on uh, November 25th, presented by Super Chicks and Bucked Up. You guys, we want to give these away. It's our fourth. And final week of free tickets on the Monty Show. You know, we've hooked everybody up um, over the last three weeks. This week, we wanted to do uh, a game that everybody wanted. And we generally, we did that with the first three games, BYU-Cincinnati. You know, obviously, Texas and Baylor, um, Oregon and Texas Tech, Mm -hmm. huge game. Colorado and Utah was the fourth most requested game. And so we have a pair of tickets. All you have to do to win the tickets, go to Super Chicks in Ogden on Riverdale Road or in St. George, shoot a picture of yourself just eating your food, be creative, creativity counts, or interact with a Bucked Up product. I don't know, like uh, our Buckshot, my friends. Every day on the show, you know, we pop the Buckshot. Uh, Usually it's an hour ago, but we got carried away with talking in different voices. But with Bucked Up, Uh, and their Buckshot product, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and it gives you a phenomenal mental lift. (sighs) Done. Love it. Get them online, buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTE20 to get 20% off, or just go to any convenience store, whether you're in Texas, Florida, no matter where you are, California, Arizona, Utah. If you're in Utah, Arizona, Nevada, go to Maverick. Um, if you're in Texas, go to Hy-Vee, you know, go to your local store, get yourself some bucked up, or you can order it online at buckedup.com. You can get it at walmart.com. If you're in Utah, again, you can go to any of their great, uh, bucked up stores, tell them, Hey, Monty sent me. They'll give you a free energy drink at any of their bucked up stores. Take a picture, tag us on Instagram or Twitter. You're entered to win. We'll announce the winner of the tickets on Friday for Colorado at Utah, November 25th. Thanks to our good friends at Super Chicks and Bucked Up. Uh, all right, hour number two of the show. Let's kick off with what I thought was going to be the lead story. But it is ACC expansion, and the ACC wants closure on expansion this week. And I think some things have changed. There have been some twists and turns in ACC expansion. One of our sources you know, was telling us over the weekend that it was absolutely not going to happen talked to several other sources and then went back to the same source who told us today well some things have changed the carolinas which are north carolina and north carolina state have moved from a hard no to a maybe based on the fact that cal cannot take zero dollars they want to subsidize the money that cal will be paid with smu and stanford because Stanford has now indicated that they are, in fact, willing to go $0 for three years. They will take $0 in media distribution for three years. SMU has indicated that they will take $0 for five years to get into the ACC. And if they're able to get Stanford to sign on the dotted line for $0 for three years, ACC expansion is as good as done, because they'll take that on top of SMU's money, and they will distribute that based on a revenue split. So the top teams in the conference, mainly Clemson and Florida State, stand to make significantly more money, as does North Carolina, by the way, which is why you're seeing those those universities are now willing to open the door to ACC expansion. And if Miami plays ball, and we'll see if Miami plays ball, because I think Miami one of the great unknowns in ACC expansion. If Miami agrees, it's over. Because I think North Carolina and North Carolina State are tied at the hip. North Carolina is going to say yes because it's significantly more money for them. That just leaves Clemson and Florida State who can't stop anything on their own. I think ACC expansion, Jake, has never been closer.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that <clears throat> this concept of Stanford taking, you know, no media distribution payment for three years is really fascinating because obviously we've heard all about the billion-dollar endowment for athletics. You know, obviously Stanford's not hurting for money. And and so conceptually, yeah, sure, it makes it makes a lot of sense that, you know, they'd be willing to take a write-down and take no money for the first three years. I, I I get that. But at the same time, I also wonder for Stanford – What's the upshot outside of just getting into a conference? Because right now that's the main priority. Hey, we got to get into a Power 5 conference. Okay, great. But long term, if you're Stanford, what does this look like? Because the thing with the Mountain West that to me was attractive if you're Stanford is, is that, hey, it's only three years and then you're out looking again. Which would allow you to leverage a little bit, which would allow you to scheme a little bit, have more conversations, and potentially find a better home. That didn't require you to fly across the country right that to me was what was exciting about the mountain west but for stanford you know i just wonder hey if you're going to get into the acc what are the implications as far as commitment are concerned i mean are, are you committing to 2036 or are you is the acc gonna find a way to change that as a group because i don't know that if i'm stanford I'm necessarily loving the idea of being committed out East till 2036, especially with what the big 10 and the sec are allegedly saying to the big 12, right? Cause when I look at the behavior of the big 10 and specifically the behavior of the sec talking about Pac 12 ing the big 12, dude, do you think that they won't do that to the ACC? Cause in my opinion, the ACC is more vulnerable. So if I'm Stanford and I'm trying to jump into the ACC where does that leave me if the Big Ten and the SEC go hunting in the ACC? Because where where are they going to go? Are they just going to transition to the Big Ten after the Big Ten said they they didn't want them because they didn't want to go to 20? That's what I'm saying. Like There are long-term implications that I think Stanford has to figure out. Yeah.
1: And Stanford,
0: yeah. unfortunately, may not be in a position to say no because they do need to be in a conference.
1: I will die on the hill of Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State should absolutely join the Mountain West. Suck it up for three years. You're not taking a uh, you're not taking a TV disbursement anyway for those three years in the ACC. Why wouldn't you just join the Mountain West, dominate that conference, and then at that point have an opportunity to be free from a grant of rights and get into a better situation? Why wouldn't you do that? By my calculations, that makes more financial sense. I don't understand the pull of being in the ACC. I think there is attraction, as it's been described to me, for Cal and Stanford um, to be in business with Notre Dame. Totally understand that. Notre Dame is in the ACC without football, obviously. But it doesn't make a lot of sense financially. Now, as you said, Stanford's got a massive endowment. Great. You're well endowed. Congratulations, sir. But I think really what you're doing is you're leveraging SMU's money to pay for Cal because I maintain Stanford and Cal are a package deal. Mm-hmm. But more to the point, what does the ACC get out of this? I don't, I don't know. I, I I am not in the the clan that says, well, the education score goes up. That's great and everything, but that doesn't compensate for what I think is going to be a a, an, a mess in travel. I think it's not good for your student-athletes. You don't have any travel partners west. You're Stanford and Cal, and then you're cross-country flighting everything. So I don't love that travel. I don't love what it does to the student-athlete. I don't think it makes more sense TV-wise. Because, again, I'll just ask, is there anybody on Tobacco Road who's excited about watching Cal football versus anybody? Cal basketball versus Duke? No. No. Stanford basketball versus Carolina? No, I'm not excited about that. I I don't think anybody in the ACC is really excited about this, other than the financial ramifications for the top four or five teams in this league. I think that's what everybody's excited about because you're going to get more money from ESPN, and that money is going to go straight into Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, like that's more money for the top dogs in this conference. That's the only reason to do it, and I think that's a terrible reason to do it Yeah. because it is going to be arduous. I think it's going to be difficult. I don't think Stanford or Cal help you in football. I don't think they help you in, in NCAA tournament money, although Cal has made significant investments in Mark Madsen, and I look, I, I understand it. I, I don't see this as some game changer for the ACC.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to understand. The motivation, I mean, it is the, because like you said, right, I mean, obviously this will make the top teams more money in, in the ACC. So is the motivation simply, like, is the thought, okay, if we make our top dogs more money, does that give us more reliability? Because this grant of rights is not going to go through 2036. At some point, these, like, the group's going to come together and say, okay, we got to break this thing and figure out more money. Like, I think so. I, 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 Like, that's what this type of move would suggest because you're not, If everybody in the ACC was all happy and everything was kosher, we wouldn't be talking about expansion in the ACC out West. We would be talking about how can we get to more college football playoffs? How can we win more? You know, how can we recruit better? Maybe we can be more effective in NIL in the portal. Like, you'd be talking about the options that every institution has. But you're not talking about that. You're talking about expansion because you know what's coming, which is the SEC and the Big Ten are are strapping up and they're getting ready to go hunting, meaning, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to find Duke, North Carolina. I'll throw Florida State in there, even though I'm not sold on them, but we'll throw them in there in Clemson. Those four are going to go to a different conference. And I don't know which one that's going to be, but I know that they're going to move at some point. So if you're the ACC, is yeah. that what this is? Is that is that is it just the ACC saying, hey, let's make more money for the top dogs. Let's keep them around and stave off, you know, Our conference dying as long as possible.
1: Yeah, I I I would just love to understand the ACC's thought process on this. It'll yeah. It and I will still lean towards. I don't think it happens, but now I'm in the sixty percent that it doesn't happen, not the seventy or eighty percent that we were two weeks ago. Yeah, I think this is as close as we have ever been. This uh, because SMU's money. It makes sense. SMU's money pays for Cal, and Stanford has now said that they would take three years with no fee. Yeah. And I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah. I think it's a huge mistake. Sky says the extra money for the top ACC schools still isn't enough to keep up with the SEC and the big. The ACC will still blow up. I And I think that's the worst part of this. But what
0: else are they supposed to do? You're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. But what else are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to just sit on their hands? Right, I mean, I, cause that—that's my point with your mark in the Big Twelve. Your mark in the Big Twelve are positioned to play offense. They're positioned to say, "Hey, dude, we have a great relationship with our TV partners because we listened to them when we got to market early, yeah. which resulted in us locking up a good deal—not the best deal, right? They're not above the Big Ten in the SEC, but they've got a solid deal, and—and they're—they are going to get paid." And they are going to continue to grow. And the question really may come down to which of the power four commissioners is is best at making money in unique ways for their conference. Because, again, that's what this all comes Uh, down to, man. Well,
1: and obviously the the P4 designation is significant. Right. Because we've been talking for several days now about how the college football playoff is going to change, how that money is going to change. And I think that's one of the things that Stanford and Cal have to really pay attention to. Obviously, you're going to a Power 4 conference at the ACC. Right. You have better access. You can make more money. I think when you look at the Mountain West, the biggest problem is it's a G5. Yeah. And your avenue to make money is less. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think if you are the ACC, it's really difficult to add a, a university like SMU Because all they are is a cash grab to you. They're not attractive in sports. They're not attractive in, you know, academics. They're not attractive in culture. They don't deliver you Dallas. They don't deliver you Texas. They are simply an ATM machine.
0: But what if if these conferences, you know, start adding the low-end team to the conference so they can claim that as a conference game in a couple years when we have to go to 10 conference games? And then schools like Clemson and your top dogs can feast on that and put together more 10-11 win seasons.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that is so very clear is when you talk about 10-11 win seasons. Yeah. SMU accomplishes that Yeah, for Florida State. Yes. But how seriously, as a college football playoff committee member, do you take a win over SMU, who's not a P5 school, who – isn't getting P5 money from your TV partner. But can you say that, though? That's that's, yes. that's the tricky part. Yes, you can. You're a human being. If it was a computer, that would be different. But you're a human being. SMU has not been relevant in years.
0: I don't disagree they're not a P5 team. I'm just saying, if they're in the conference and you're the college football playoff committee and you're sitting here looking at schedules and you've got, and, and we've done this, you know, we did this Many yesterday, times. we did this earlier in the uh, last week. But you look at West the Western Kentucky's of the world who are on Alabama's schedule I think. I mean, you look at you look at schools like that and if that's a conference game does that change the distinction? Because Western Kentucky obviously is not in the SEC, but if SMU was in the ACC and you're looking at okay, hey, you know, how are we going to rank the top 6 in the college football playoff when we're in November? How do you weight that? Because
1: I think that's that's the Dude, difficult part. SMU is not good. I know, but I, I think the way this works, because you have to remember how desperate Cal is financially. Right. Cal has a massive debt load on Memorial Stadium, their football stadium, which yeah. they renovated. It's beautiful. But it serves a better purpose as a concert venue than it does as a football stadium. <laughs> yeah, it does. Nobody is, is heavily invested in Cal-Stanford low rivalry anymore you're you're losing access to high dollar value events because frankly you're just not somebody that is taken seriously in college football i think this is a you, you have to to look at a, the acc and hope that somehow the money works yeah you're going to get money from ucla you're going to get money from the acc you've got to find a way to win some games it is it, it is imperative that Mark Madsen the new the new basketball coach at Cal does not fall on his face. Yeah. This is this is must win territory because you are financially destitute at Cal. They don't have the California education system is broken. Their finances in the athletic department is are, are is have been broken. So SMU is basically financing cal's path to the acc and stanford's going to take zero money yeah. that's the only way that this makes sense it's that wild, that's dude. it it's the only way it makes sense and Insane. i think this is smu understanding their value proposition
0: oh if you're smu it's perfectly clear hey we're just trying to get into a power five again we've had this conversation for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're SMU, this makes perfect sense. Hey, yeah, it does. And, and again, you want to talk about endowments. We've talked to the folks up at SMU. We know what that situation's like, and they can afford it. They absolutely can afford it, no problem about it, uh, to not get paid for five years in terms of TV distribution. But again, it brings me back to the point uh, of what your Mark's philosophy is in the Big 12. Yes. Dude, you have to make a lot of money outside of distribution. If distribution is your only financial... Payment on that budget P&L sheet, dude, you are in a bad place. You've got to make more money than that.
1: And then what do you say to Wazoo? What do you say to Washington State? What do you say to Oregon State? Yeah, I think
0: someone needs to have a serious conversation. Like, let's say that Wazoo was was to get into the ACC. There'd have to be a serious conversation with good old Kirk Schultz uh, about how exactly that athletic department is run because you're not going to get... Uh, equal distribution or equal payment. Certainly you're going to get a lower payment and they're going to figure out how to make that work. And again, this is why I say, man, winning absolutely matters unless you're Stanford with a billion dollar endowment and you just don't have
1: to care. And the other thing I I find so fascinating is that nobody wants to talk about Scott Barnes going to Washington as the athletic director. Because I think he's legitimately a candidate. I think Scott Barnes, the athletic director currently at Oregon State. Yeah. How is he not a candidate at Washington? I I I I don't know. They just lost Jennifer Cohen to USC. Great hire for USC. But you're going into the Big Ten, you need a real experienced, real world experienced. Yeah. You you gotta have that. Yeah. And I, I think I, I look at Scott Barnes. I don't have any doubt that Scott Barnes is the best candidate available. He's
0: absolutely capable. He's absolutely you know, more than competent to do what they, they need him to do. And I, and I think that – You, know, you again, better be. Dude, that concept of, hey, you're going into the Big Ten and you need to be successful, it, 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 you need to be successful for a number of reasons. Again, we talk about – again, on the show, we're talking about how the Big Ten and the SEC – are, you know, threatening and hounding the Big 12, in a sense. And if you're Washington heading into into the Big 10, dude, you need to be successful. I mean, it's not just incumbent on, you know, Lincoln to to, to carry the load of these Pac-12 schools going into the Big 10. I mean, you, you need to yeah. be good. It's not acceptable to lose.
1: I, I still wonder how many members of the ACC actually want expansion. Well. I'm not convinced that... I think most of this conference wants it. I am not convinced that these five holdouts want it. It's a mo- it's a money grab, which means Stanford, Cal, and SMU, if this truly goes through, are going to be complete afterthoughts in this conference until they are they forcibly take their spot in this conference. Yeah, and I I just would not put myself in that position. I'd rather take a write down for three years. The problem is. The way that these TV contracts are are listed, who's going to pay for Stanford in three years?
0: Well, and my question for Stanford is it, when it comes to realignment and expansion and, you know, find a new home every eight to ten years because that's what the cycle typically is. Like, if you're Stanford and you go to the ACC and you are, mm. you know, an afterthought athletically, right, because they're definitely not an afterthought oh, educationally, certainly. but certainly. you're an afterthought athletically, when do you change that narrative? Because – Again, I've been the guy that said, hey, winning matters if you're Stanford, and not winning certainly matters. So if you can go to the ACC, and let's say that inside of three, four seasons, Stanford is relevant on the football field. Let's say that Stanford isn't winning the conference, but is is a a, a, a deciding factor in a sense, a team that that, hey, you got to go and beat Stanford to get to the championship game, and you lost to Stanford. Yeah, Suddenly, you're not an afterthought anymore. Suddenly, teams start to respect you a little more. So I'm just curious, if you're not going to take any money, when are we going to stop talking about, hey, you guys have a billion-dollar endowment, so you can just skate along? And when are we going to start talking about, hey, you've got a billion-dollar endowment. Let's power the program. Like, let's actually well, do you, something. You better
1: do something yeah. sooner than later because Stanford football has has – falling off the table and you you are you are not making the money you should be making and and I would just tell Stanford go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and start making the money that you deserve to make right Stanford you want to be in a p5 well if you want to go to Disneyland for vacation if you guys are looking to make that bread and I say this every day on the show about tri-day Trading I think it's really important that in our climate where People are being forced to go back to the office who don't want to be there, who hate their jobs, who hate their bosses. Why do you live your life like that when you have a lifeline at TridayTrading.com, which is the best day trading institution on the planet. No matter where you're hearing this, Triday Trading has the program for you. And all you have to do is go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty, sign up for their 30-day trial membership. And all it requires is a $10 charitable donation To trydaytrading.com who's going to give that ten dollars right to charity it's a tax write-off for you and then they're going to give you their entire program free for 30 days their entire program elite level coaching all of their their software all of their technology all of their processes that make you one of the best day traders in the the country and when you're one of the best day traders and you're a graduate of the tri Trading program, you're making $1,000 a day or more as a full-time trader at TridayTrading.com. You say you don't wanna quit your job, maybe you just wanna pay your house off. I've heard that a ton. TridayTrading.com also has part-time traders in their graduation pool and a lot of them who make three to $500 a day day trading thanks to our friends at Triday Trading. And by the way, the best part of Tri Day Trading, when you graduate their program, they open an account and they fund it for you. So you're make your first trades with TridayTrading.com's money, not your money, and they give you 80% of the profits. Stop making excuses. Empower yourself. Live the life you've always dreamed of. Drive the car, live in the house, take the vacations. Thanks to TridayTrading.com. All right, less of us, more of you. Um, Doom. Says the transitions today, though red hot,
0: dude, gas,
1: bro, red hot. <clears throat> Come on now, red hot. J.K. Marshall, uh, SMU will buy a great team in no time. We'll see. see why they haven't they, they already? But why haven't they already? Yeah, that's a big question. Sky says, "Will Wake Forest at Cal fill that stadium to pay off the debt? No. It won't. It won't. Oh, nope. it won't. I think this is a great point." Um, Ron Nolan. Just ran season simulation for Colorado Buffaloes. Guys, 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 guys. They win one game, Colorado State. They lose by three to Washington State. By five to Arizona State. They lose to Stanford, two touchdowns. Simulations, man. People love, people send me screenshots of the Sims that they do.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. They're never right. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie they're never right. OG Gary, 12 and ACC merge called the Back 12. Okay. Okay. You know. Uh Gary Wolf ponies massive endowments. Yeah. I mean endowed like a horse. I I Oh, that's not what Let's you talk. meant. Div- that was different. My, I was my best of intentions, yo. Uh Mike Smith if SMU has all that money, And does not win championships every year as it is. Not sure how less money and more spent on travel costs versus better competition is going to make them a better team. It's one of the great mysteries of life. Uh, Why isn't Tulane a candidate for ACC expansion? Very simple. They're not a a P5 uh, university. Very simple. But neither is SMU. But SMU has a massive donor base and a huge collective and a ton of money.
0: Yep.
1: And Tulane does not. Tulane's not willing to take five years of no media distribution. Yeah. It's It's very simply a money proposition. Money makes the world go round, man. Yep. And when you have SMU that's willing to forego media rights distributions for five years and $200 million from boosters... I mean, that buys you a lot of, of cred with the ACC, apparently, or at least that subsidizes Cal, which is what really needs to happen to make ACC expansion with Calford a uh, reality. Yeah. So that makes sense. It makes sense to me. But again, you know, uh, Tsunami Warning and Domer WAP are having conversations. The stadium is ripping itself apart at two inches per year from the Hayward Fault and uh, could get a 7.0. That's why they rebuilt the stadium. Um, I don't believe that's currently still the case at Memorial Stadium uh, where Cal plays. Cal, so the reason Cal is so debt-strapped is they they had to re- basically rip their football stadium down and rebuild it. Because as you know, the Bay Area has multiple active faults um, and everything they do there has to be built to specifications to withstand significant earthquake activity. It was found that Memorial Stadium could not do that. And one of the things that happened while I happened to work at the great KMBR 680, the the sports leader, uh, was that they did what's called seismic retrofitting at Memorial Stadium. And it just the cost overruns were amazing. And so that stadium is in good shape. The issue becomes the money it took to get that stadium in good shape. Yeah. So it, it's just been a it's been an absolute disaster. Dude, there are there. Their finances are in terrible shape. Yeah. Matthew uh, says SMU has very little going for itself. They don't. I, and what the is a money proposition? That's it. That's it. That's the whole nine. What is it? Doom says Stanford has a Cal problem. They do. They do. But SMU solves that problem. Uh, Mike Smith, Vandy is already in there. Difference between that and adding a new team to a conference. Very different. Very, very different. Matthew says uh, Utah and TCU are really the only schools that have earned their way into a power conference by winning. Well, and the funny thing is Boise State. Boise State was one of the original BCS busters and never got the never got the call. Yeah, is Boise State a P five university?
0: Not right now. No, I don't think so. What
1: will it take? Because they're rebuilding all their facilities. Albertson yeah. Stadium is going to be gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that it would take you know a a little bit more more winning to bring you some more notoriety, so you're more on the radar more regularly. I'm not saying that. You know, you got to be a top 10 team or a top 20. Like, yeah, sure. Would it be nice if they found a way to skirt into the top 25 once in a while? Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah. I think, you know, the 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 biggest thing is winning a non-conference game. You know, beating an opponent you shouldn't beat to kind of put you on the map uh, and bring some attention to the program, which then will bring attention to new facilities. And, you know, it's a snowball effect. So that's why I say, like, if you're Boise State, that's great. Everyone knows you're there. But you're not regarded as a difference maker in any sense of the word, whether it's financially or on the field. Like, you're just not right now.
1: Greg Hill says Tulane is very worthy. They may be worthy. It's not what we're talking about, But though. it doesn't matter if you're worthy or not. Yeah. There is a very select, and I know this frustrates people, but there is a very select set of circumstances that makes, that makes things possible. Facts. It's... $200 million gifted to SMU by its donors and collectives Yeah, over a five-year period. That makes it possible. Note, it has nothing to do with winning football games. It has nothing to do with winning basketball games. It has nothing to do with the fact that you have Dallas on the front of your uniform mm. because nobody cares. Yeah. Give me the $200 million or, frankly, we won't give it to you. We'll keep it for ourselves. Yeah. That's what it's about. It doesn't matter the academics in the AAU at Tulane. It doesn't matter you beat SC in a bowl game. It doesn't matter your football program's been trending in a, a very strong direction. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It, do you want to forego media rights distribution for the next five years? Oh, you don't? Okay, we'll move on.
0: Have a nice day. That's oh, you what do. it is. Oh, you do?
1: Okay, great. We can talk. And I, and I, I feel... I feel bad because it's unfortunate.
0: But that's what this is. And I, and I think that a lot of people want to be nice about, like, business. And, in uh, you know, again, uh, some people might say, hey, we you're just being an asshole about it. I, I don't really feel like I'm being that much of an asshole about it. I, I, think I don't it's, think so either. I, I think it's much more of just this is the circumstances with, with which you have to work with if you're SMU. And, unfortunately, for Tulane, Tulane fan wants to sell you a story on that SC Bowl game performance and, and unfortunately, that's not enough to, to catapult you into some conference because of what my guy here has just explained. So I, I just don't think that it has to be such an emotional thing. I, I think what you need to understand is that is that at some point, y- you have to do something in your, your, exactly your right. athletic department, in football or basketball, to make you an X factor in the conversation with a Power 4 conference. So, you know, you look at, you know, like Nebraska or Wisconsin, why did those two schools just wake up one day and say, yep, we wanted to go get Luke Fickle? Why do you think that happened? <laughs> because they saw the writing on the wall, what, two years ago when they hired him now? They they knew what was coming. They knew. Two that years,
1: the, no, like two months. I mean, they just hired Luke Fickle. This will be his first year.
0: Okay, six months ago they hired You know, whatever, three months ago. They, they saw the writing on the wall. They know that, hey, our, our football program cannot be this crappy moving forward. We have to show our conference that we are valuable because at some point it's going to come back to you. So whether you're in a P4 and you're not showing value or you're outside looking in and you're, you're SMU or you're Tulane, you got to have a reason for a, a conference to add you. SMUs has nothing to do with their ability to win a football game. No, it's, it's got over. everything to do with, hey, they have money and they help us add other brands. That's it.
1: All right. Cleveland Rocks for $2. Do conferences start dumping their dead weight? Seriously, doubt it because yeah. that costs them money. Yeah. So it, it and Jake's going to lose his shit here in a minute when I say this. It doesn't matter if you win or not. Mm. Are you a P5? Because that's what TV networks will pay for. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I think that ESPN's willing to pay for Stanford to join the ACC. They're not willing to pay for Tulane. They're not willing to pay for UTSA. Right. I heard from a UTSA guy in the comments yesterday. We get it. You guys are mighty. And by the way, I see you're going through a tropical storm through Houston and San Antonio. Be well, my friends in Texas. But my point is that doesn't make you P5 worthy because you're an upstart at UTSA. Yeah. That's just not the way the world works. It's yeah. I think it's I think it's a very difficult proposition as we talk about ACC expansion. Uh, here on The Monty Show, presented by our good friends um, at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, as always, at The Advocates. You guys, you never pay The Advocates out of pocket. No, you don't pay The Advocates unless and until They win your case. I was involved in a hit-and-run accident. My chiropractor recommended me to The Advocates. They completely took care of everything. Now that my case has been settled, I feel like I can go back to my normal life, all thanks to The Advocates. The Advocates at TheAdvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on The Monty Show, the best injury attorneys in the business. And again, you never reach into your pocket to pay The Advocates. That's why they allow you to chat with an attorney Online for free, 24-7, 365. No consultation fee needed, no big retainers. Get the answers you're looking for. Get the confirmations you're looking for. Get the peace of mind you're looking for by working with the advocates at theadvocates.com. Coming up here in four minutes, we'll get to our prize picks of the day. Get in the description below right now and download the prize pick app. um, Because Major League Baseball is about to kick off. Are you guys familiar with prize picks? Uh, more or less, it's daily fantasy. It's fantastic, and they're giving our viewers a hundred percent deposit matching up to a hundred dollars. You deposit twenty five bucks, they'll give you twenty five more. You deposit a hundred bucks, they'll give you a hundred more. Prize Picks. Download the app right now. Uh, we'll do Prize Picks baseball here coming up in about five minutes. Um, let's see. Mike Smith says, "Honey, got a nice hiney." Is that wrong of me? It probably is. Bro, what are you talking about, man? It it it, it probably is. Uh, Richard says nobody is jealous of the ACC. Um, and Mike, you might be right. SMU is. I, I <laughs> see. I think everybody tries to look down on the ACC now that the pac 12s dead. I would look down on the ACC. It it is a really interesting conference, and if you add Stanford and Cal. I think that conference is going to be around longer than people think because they're not going to vote to, to melt down the ACC. Why would you join that conference on a long grant of rights and then vote to destroy it? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think by that, that grant of rights, everybody, I think, looks at the grant of rights in the ACC as a negative. I would tell you it brings you stability and it, it gives you financial comfort throughout. Now, it's a long, long 2036, a long way away, 13 years away. I understand that. But it gives you 13 years of stability. It gives you 13 years of not having to worry about being Pac-12, if you will, Mm -hmm. not losing your TV deal, not losing your existence. So I think there's more upside on the ACC than people make it out to be. And I think a lot of that is. Right now, Clemson and Florida State don't have anywhere to go. If the Big Ten wants to, you know, expand, okay, I think that's a different conversation. Or if the SEC comes calling for FSU, which they won't, I think that's a different conversation. But the hard part for me is who's paying the $120 million exit fee? Um who's got that kind of bread? FSUs out to to private money firms trying to find it. Yeah. I don't think the ACC grant of rights is the the death knell that everybody makes it out to be. I I truly do not and I think it makes a lot of sense to take a flyer on somebody like SMU who's willing to just say, "Yeah, we don't want your money for 5 years." And why is SMU willing to say that? Cuz they know they'll be in a P5 for 13 years. Yeah. They don't have to worry about that. It, it it makes a lot of sense to subsidize Cal with SMU and take three years of of Ca- uh, Stanford's distribution. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, that it, it makes too much sense. It absolutely makes too much sense. Uh, the Todd Father says I got the one hundred percent match yesterday. Great app. Nice job. Let's go baby. Um, you guys, Prize Picks. We have partnered with Prize Picks on the show for the uh, upcoming football season. Uh, we love our guys at prize picks I think they make it so easy to work with them so let's run through the prize picks baseball tonight um because I think there's a lot of equity here download the app um, use the link in the description below that'll get you right to the deposit matching or use the promo code Monty monty um, that'll get you right to the matching as well. so let's spend five minutes on prize picks because, um, I think there's a lot of hitter fantasy scoring um, that you guys really need to look at. I think if you look at Adley Rutschman against Toronto tonight, the catcher for um, the Baltimore Orioles, he's only he is only which is wild. He is only a six and a half tonight. Yeah. For Adley Rutschman, mm-hmm. I think you got to take that. You absolutely have to take Adley Rutschman and total hitter. I also think you have to take Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is desperate, the Yankees. Aaron Judge is only an eight and a half. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about uh, hitter fantasy score, one of the things I really want you to look at is this is what hitter fantasy score is. So it's almost like the stable for scoring system in golf, right? All of these actions have a point value to them. If Aaron Judge hits a, a home run tonight, of course, it's more than eight and a half. So with Aaron Judge going up against Washington, I would tell you take the take the oh the uh, more rather yeah uh, on on Aaron Judge at eight and a half. Yeah,
0: I mean I think that's really smart, and I think that you know Aaron Judge is a guy that you, you, they're giving you Prize Picks is giving you great value there. They're giving you a great opportunity. Uh, to be successful there, and and I think that you know you look around at guys who might be in similar positions to Aaron Judge. I look at Paul Goldschmidt against Pittsburgh, uh, yes. only being at a seven. I think that's huge. That's a huge opportunity. Again, same logic where you know a home run is worth ten, you know, and you Love in that. And that scoring you pull up. There are a lot of ways that these guys can get to that. Again, another guy, same team, Nolan Arenado, seven. Again, I would take that value. I think that's a that's a really prime. Opportunities. Some of the more challenging ones, though, when I when I look down the
1: list, Ronald Acuna Jr. is at a ten and a half versus the Ooh, Mets. That's a high number. That's a high number. But the, it that is uh, that's McGill going for the Mets tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might I might go the more on that. Yeah, I might go. I you might know, go Acuna more Jr. On is
0: an MVP candidate. There's an opportunity there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and real quick, while we're while we're sitting here um, talking baseball. Let's look at pitcher strikeouts tonight, too, because I think this is a big one as well. Um, right now, Zach gallon if you go to MLB and pitcher strikeouts, Zach Gallen is a big discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less than four strikeouts for Zach Gallon Versus a- Texas? Against Texas. Yeah, I'm taking more than that. I'm taking more for Zach Gallon there. Um, and I think the other guy that's really interesting is Josiah Gray. Again, on the flip side of Aaron Judge, Josiah Gray for Washington against the Yankees, is it five more or less strikeouts against the Yankees? The Yankees have been striking out a ton. Yeah, in a massive offensive struggle. I would I would say take more. I think there's so much in this that tonight is one of the best Prize Picks night I, Prize Pick nights I have seen in forever.
0: Well, and I think on the pitcher front, the other one that we can't skip over is Syndergaard. For the Dodgers versus Cleveland Ooh. at three and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel pretty good that that he can get four strikeouts.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of value uh on prize picks baseball tonight. Yeah. That's why we wanted to do baseball. Um, and I hope you took Cody Bellinger tonight against uh the Tigers. Because Cody Bellinger is going to have a night tonight. Yeah, dude's been raking. Yeah, I would uh I would have gone there. Make sure you click the prize picks link in the description below. Uh, Again, they have 100% deposit matching up to $100 right now. So you make an initial deposit of $25. They'll give you $25 more, $50, $75, $100, all the way up to $100. They'll match your deposit 100% when you use the promo code MONTY or if you click the link in the uh, description of the show below. Uh, So there you go. That's our prize pick uh, baseball picks today. Um, I love it. I am so excited that prize picks is on the show, you guys. It is it is so good. Boss Frog says, I love prop bets. Yeah, PrizePix doesn't refer to them as prop bets. Because PrizePix is not is is simply daily fantasy. So I love daily fantasy, is what Boss Frog's trying to say there. I love it. I absolutely love it. And that they're doubling your deposit. Yes. That's a big deal, dude. That is a that is a big, big deal. Uh, I'm passionate about daily fantasy. Cannot wait for the NFL. Cannot wait. Troy Hester says, number 243 with a thumbs up. Come on, people, mash that like button. As Bobby Boucher would say, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, by the way, I want to thank everybody real quick before we get back to your comments. Thank you. We picked up like 400 subs yesterday on the channel. We are now over 24,000. So our mission is by kickoff of NFL season to get to 25,000 subscribers. You guys, if you're not subscribed to the show, please. Please. Please hit the subscribe button. 25,000 is a huge accomplishment on YouTube. When you guys know that in February, we were at like 7,000 and we have really worked hard. So by hitting the like button, you're telling YouTube that this is a good show and that more people should watch it. So they recommend it. Um, Hit the like button. Give us a thumbs up is what that means. And then please hit subscribe if you are not already. We are just. 956 subscribers away from 25,000. I want it. Which is wild. Let's go, baby. You guys. It is absolutely wild that 7,000 people have watched the show today. Absolutely wild. Uh, All right. Do we call this open phones on the show? Apparently. Uh, Anything you guys want to comment on, let's hit it for the next uh, four minutes before we get to uh, football at 50. Teddy Wayman, I like the more on Bryce Elder, too. Absolutely. More on Bryce Elder is a good one tonight. Um, I'm interested to see what – I am not a Smiley guy for the Cubs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Smiley has been so hit or miss. He has been in the rotation, out of the rotation. I, I just – he's got a four nine two ERA in 120 innings. Mm-hmm. It's Detroit. You would think that he'd be fine tonight you would think that he would be fine. Monty owes a ribeye. You're welcome for the subscribers. Getting extra accounts made so I can win the next context. Grow cock style with my 400 fake account (laughs) codes. There you go. Jim Choi. Whoa. Jim Choi, put the subscribe button and give a thumbs up sign. Let's go. Yeah, please. Let's go. Salamini. I love the moron cooking this tri-tip perfectly. Me
3: too. (laughs) Tri
1: you tricep? I'm in... And I, I'm in the mood for, like, savory food. Yeah. What are you guys having for dinner tonight in the comments section? CJ Vance, 11 days till BYU football at Lavelle. Isn't that amazing? Dude, isn't
0: it awesome, bro? It's here,
1: man. Like, I, it is, it has been such a long summer. There's been almost no NBA news. This James Harden thing we're going to talk about coming up here in a bit. Um, there's been no NBA news. I think it has been a very vanilla baseball season. Yeah. There's just not been much headlining and it's mainly because the Yankees are garbage and the Dodgers are now getting hot, but it's just been, it's been weird. Yeah. You know, like it's been a really, really slow, quiet summer. Yeah. Really slow. Mike C. Rodri Rodriguez. Mike says, what comes to Salt Lake city first NHL or MLB team tired of just jazz and RSL?
0: Well, unfortunately it's not just jazz and RSL. You got the Utes, right?
1: College football's a big one. Um, we're a great hockey tone. I mean, I, I in my opinion, and just like that, Smiley gives up a bomb. It's one nothing Detroit. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you, Smiley. I'm such an uh, just a terrible Cubs fan because it's garbage. I need one of my teams to be good. I, 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 Notre Dame's going to suck. We're going to fire our coach because it's garbage. Game. The Cubs are terrible because it's garbage. They're not. Everybody's like, oh, they're in the race, bro. No, they're not. They're not in the race. The Black, Bo- Black Hawks have been trash, but they give me hope. Mm-hmm. The, Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls. They we, we, we need to make a deal. You've got to trade Zach Levine. You've got to, but we won't. You have and, a deal. And the Bears, we've got this MVP caliber quarterback who doesn't <laughs> play games anymore <laughs> in the preseason. <laughs> Throws three balls behind the line of scrimmage and all of a sudden he's off for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, like I, it makes me crazy. I think this is an NHL market far more than it's a baseball market. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Uh, James says congrats on making twenty four thousand. Let's get it done and get twenty five k. If you are new, please uh, like and subscribe. Yes, please like and Appreciate subscribe. You, uh, Katie Raider, pew pew. <clears throat> uh, Monty holla from the furnace. Pew Pew! How are you guys doing in Texas? We Texas is a huge market on this show, by the way. Um, we have a lot of Texas listeners. You guys tend to be in like hurricane, rainy storm stuff. And I know that you're getting a tropical storm right now, in, um, like Brownsville, Houston, anyone notice San Antonio.
0: A, dude, anyone notice the Atlantic's got like four tropical storms lined up, ready to Bro, smash?
1: Like I was I was looking at the radar before the show in Houston yeah, and it's just it's real, bro. It's Narnar binks, and you get this this tropical storm that's come over the west coast. And I, I'm serious, my Houstonians, uh, San Antonio, you guys, be careful, man. Like it, it is, it is the wild west in Texas right now. It's it's 91 degrees. It feels like 102, bro. And you have this, <laughs> you have this storm that is just ravaging West Texas yeah like San Antonio now seems to be past the worst of it but Austin San Antonio um I mean it's gonna obviously it's gonna miss like Lubbock Plainview but I'm gonna be really interested to see like San Angelo Midland like I I I mean yeah that looks brutal and then look out Las Cruces Roswell, Carlsbad, New Mexico. You guys are you guys are next, and it is it is just it looks like a lot of rain. So if you're in Texas, you guys be cool. Roundabout says Tex mex in Dallas. Oh, mm. that sounds so good. Um, James Knight says seems like a great concept. Prize Picks it is James. Should play James. It is James. I don't know. Is it available internationally? To check. You should check. Salamini, uh, uh tri tips sounds so good. Uh, PXG McCluskey, freaking grow cock. He'll go down as having the biggest heist in Monty history. You let's voted go. for him. Yeah, buddy. What are you talking about, dude? De- M- Mayor, you voted for him. Yeah, you were dude. one of the leading. F- give it to him. Let, let's give go. It to him. Yeah, man. Grow yeah, his man. cock. Let's go. His cock. You were all about that. OG Gary, for dinner, Jurassic tacos. Uh... Let's go. Teddy Wayman, steak and corn on the cob. My wife is going to make corn on the cob. Tonight. I love smoked corn on the cob. Bro. Yeah, it, well, if it would stop raining, it would be great. Uh, Greg Hill says, or real Mex in Dallas, roundabout. I love Mexican food. I love it. Roundabout. Oh, and SMU doesn't own the Dallas market. We know. Uh, I've been asking uh, around during my business trip. They do not. Uh, Boss Frog says, likely a filet. Why would you stop? By the way, it's 2 nothing Detroit over <laughs> Wade Miley. It's not Wade Miley. It's Drew
0: Miley. Screw Wade Miley, Miley uh, whatever his name is. That's
1: what, that was kind of, never mind. Uh, <laughs> James Knight, could you talk FIBA? No? Okay. Rudy Gobert's getting dunked on. Hey, Well, let's get into the later rounds of the tournament. I happen to talk about it. OG Gary says the Utes. Uh, Cole, Corey says no idea on dinner. Can you talk about, uh, Norman today, (laughs) the Norman show? I mean, you're the Norman guy here. Go ahead. Uh it's ah. it's a it's a town, not a city in Oklahoma. Mori Alvarez grilled cheese sandwich loaded stop, potato soup was for dinner bro oh stop, dude, oh my God, dude, it's been raining here all day, and I would love nothing
0: more than a bowl of clam chowder
1: uh Richard Salino, Miami is a big market, Miami is a hey dude, Florida is coming on the show okay well that that when i'm so our viewership <laughs> our, our viewership in Florida is rising. Orlando, Tampa, uh, a lot of uh, Fort Lauderdale, a lot of Miami on the show. So we appreciate you guys uh, on the Gulf Coast. Thank you very much for being here. Tallahassee, get the hell out of here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gainesville, love you. Love you. Uh, Dolmer WAP, original Domer. six hockey. Love it. Yes, I'm a huge Blackhawk fan. Aaron Wilson. Monty is a new tech fan. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rafi says pork roast sauerkraut dude, mashed potatoes. Chill, dude.
0: Damn. Yes,
1: Bro, who who have the future MVP on the Bears? <coughs> Teddy, why would Hello, you? Look why? why? Why would you do that to my guy, dude? Bro, you, he said, have the future. No, we don't. No, we don't. They're terrible. They're they're awful. Roundabout. By the way, it was 118 in Dallas yesterday, and hell called. They want their heat back, um, dude. It's hot. It's, it's hot. rough, dude. Gary Wolf, the Bulls and the Bears. Yes. Um, White Sox to Utah. Stop. No, that would be really bad for me. I am a Cubs fan. I think it's seven nothing Detroit now. Over. Oh, excuse Drew Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> Cubs are awful. Uh, James Knight, I'm on board, A.W. Let's go get on board. Uh, wow, is that true? 109-117. That's too Wow, hot. bro. The White uh, Sox
0: just announced yeah. that, uh, yeah, Executive Vice President Ken Williams and Senior Vice President and GM Rick Hahn have been relieved
1: of their duties. Yeah, they're terrible. Bro. They're terrible. Dude. The White. I, I'm telling you guys, the White Sox have been nothing short of terrible. And I I try to explain this to people that you can't lose forever and then be like, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. Ken Williams has been a shitty general manager for a decade. Rick Hahn has not won. And Jerry Reinsdorf, who is, again, an iconic owner, an iconic sports figure in Chicago – Who's won six championships with the Bulls has won. Obviously, he's got a, a World Series with the White Sox, but you you should have several more with the talent that they've had and the trades that you've made. Yeah. And you just have not been able to put it together. Drew Smiley gave up two runs. Bellinger, Swanson, and Suzuki coming up for your Chicago Cubs. Uh and the idea that Jerry Reinsdorf is selling this team. That would be phenomenally disappointing to me. Yeah, I don't know that that's happening, man. I don't want it to happen. Do they need a new stadium? Yes. Do they? I mean, you guys, honestly, if if we're getting serious about it, they need marinara meatballs in Chicago. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara.
0: Papa Murphy's, that's meatballs? Oh, Oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it?
1: Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy
0: tangy marinara. marinara.
1: That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphys.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Download the mobile app; it's the easiest, best way to order Papa Murp. Hello, Papa Murphy's Pizza. By the way, we we if you're new to the show as well, when we're talking about pizza, um, it is strictly forbidden on this show that you would order pepperoni because we don't... We,
0: and, and don't even bring up olives. Now, like,
1: I, I get the finger in the butt on Thursday.
0: I get the finger in the butt. Nice transition there, Slick. I
1: get my physical on Thursday. My yearly annual... They don't do that whole thing. I already got a, a, a butt vacuum earlier this year. <laughs> The colonoscopy guy, you you guys remember that? Oh, butt
0: but vacuum,
1: like. dude. They go in there roto-rooter style. Dude, they don't even hold that. And it, you guys remember that it took me two days to do the the colon cleanse that's necessary. You empty the vessel of all of its contents. The best part. Of, the best part about the colonoscopy was and I'm going to do it. I don't care. Uh, the best part about the colonoscopy was the first the first time I tried to get the, the roto on, they wake they wake me up and, I'm like, and I, I think I said something like, thank God that's over. And she's like, no, actually, um, you're a little backed up there. We couldn't get any pictures. How about that? She's like, you can come back in two days. And I just got so upset. I was like, oh my God, I have to do this for another two days or whatever it was. i try to stay calm and not curse they give me all of the the you know colon blow that you can take and it cleaned it out and so i go back in i fall asleep under i i wake up and i'm like did it work and they're like yeah but you have a really long colon (laughs) (laughs) can you measure it so good so good Oh, my God, dude. So good. But no polyps of any kind, dude. I'm (laughs) telling you. PXG McCluskey, words I never thought I'd hear. The best part about the colonoscopy was. It's not as bad as you think it is. Uh, Maury Alvarez, Monty says that like he likes it. Finger in the butt. No, I don't. Dude. No, I don't. Um, Richard Roundabout, rather, says, thank God we turned to fart humor. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) Fat Jesus. Uh, if they vacuumed you went to the wrong guy. Now you tell me. Hey, there you go. Now you tell me. Bryce Martin says, Dear God, what a time. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, just drink some prune juice. Dude, I get a ton of fiber. I'm telling you, I drink a ton of water. I I get a lot of activity. Water ice. Water ice. Um, I use pellet ice. <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, I, drink a t- I drink a ton of water. I eat high-fiber cereal. I don't eat a lot of added sugar. My wife makes me unbelievable food prep. So I had like brown rice and, and pork cutlet for lunch today. I'm going to go home and have yogurt that's non-sugar yogurt, zero. Um, so for probiotics, I'm going to throw that on top of some fruit like watermelon. I'm telling you, I'm good, dude. I'm losing weight, golfing a lot. It's going to be amazing. Uh, David Klotz, working on the colon cleanse right now. Are you really? It, it, it's Dude, you're going to be fine. Uh, roundabout, when you woke up, did you have a cigarette burn on your ass cheek? Funny you should bring that up. I did. I, no, I didn't. Uh, roundabout says that happens to me every time. Did not. James, colonoscopy, best three-hour nap I've ever had. Three hours. It was like 20 minutes. No problem. Mike Smith, you have a long colon. Well, you got that going for you, I guess. Discock. <laughs> you know, you know. Bryce Martin says, Dear God. Uh, Katie Rader says, Monty, stop bragging. <laughs> you know.
3: I
2: know, uh, The
1: to Todd Father, someone change your name to Monty's long colon. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Domer what? Domer. And meanwhile, the doctor is in the corner in afterglow smoking a cigarette. Seriously, it's Yeah. The guy was like, the guy was like, yeah, we, we like, he was saying they had to get, this is going to, I'm never going to hear the end of this. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we had to get really physical with you. We had to like move you around because you have to our stroking guys. You have the longest colon I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, cool. And he's like, yeah, but you don't have any polyps in there. It's all good. Everything looks perfect. Biologics. Yeah, we'll see you in ten years. <laughs> I was like, my guy. Let's go, baby. My guy. You know, Monty owes a ribeye. Wants to know, did he ever get his ribeye? No. Teddy and I will connect. You know, Teddy's a friend of mine. Uh, Mike Gundy, 61st winning winningest head coach all time. Great treasures usually have long roads. <laughs> nah, I'm bro, on. I'm I, we Drew. ain't even humoring that nah, right now, on, bro. Come on now, man. We ain't doing come that. Come on, mullet. Uh, Drew Money, you don't, so you've tried it. I don't what? Yeah, you don't what? What does that mean? I think that's... No, I don't like going to the doctor with a lubricant. Uh, Ron Nolan Monte, they rent the squirt devil down there uh, at Harmons. the Red Devil's nasty sister. <laughs> Okay, James Knight, if the, if the guy gave you flowers before starting the process, you have the wrong guy, Monty. Q Janus. Wow. Capazzo, jalapeno peppers are my go-to for cleaning out the colon hole. <sighs> wow. Kyle Visser, I had to apologize to my wife after my first prostate check for all my prior birthdays. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, bro. Uh, I apologize Gary Wolf, Monty, you have a really huge, uh, you know, colon, you know, and pardon me, you know, uh, uh, Greg showed up right at the great time. Uh, hey, says, casuals, uh, Domer Wap. Did you question why the colonoscopy was at 8 PM at your house? Wine is not usually served in advance. I was so happy. It was like 7 AM. I just wanted it done. Yeah, I woke up at like four, I think, and just bomb squad. Oh, for like, and now the next time I'll I'll start my colon prep in the morning because it was it was brutal. Uh, Mike Maples, three hour colonoscopy. Did you see a doctor south of the border? Seriously, what, three hours? Hell no, no. Matthew Farmer, uh, are you the five or ten year plan? Ten years, not a single not a single polyp in the colon thank God uh Mike Smith you're telling these colon stories has your dog smiling and saying karma mofo karma yeah you guys remember that with my dog yeah yeah I remember that all of it uh Greg Hawkins I work until five which means that I tune into the show right after during uh right during the best hour colon blow time uh Bryce <laughs> Martin it's the colon it blow is hours. What it is. Enjoy your dinner, boys. You either have a long colon or you're the one measuring them. <laughs> wow, bro. Wow. Oh why my why is my phone blowing? Oh, all the all the tickets already. I can now send you guys your tickets you've won. Well, well, well. Yeah, we'll do we'll try to do that right after the show. Yeah. The How show. About that? Finally, I got the notification. Finally. Finally. Program. Uh all right. The Monty show as always. <laughs> you know. Uh, is brought to you by our good friends at Canyons Golf. The official uh, golf club of the Monty Show is Canyons Golf in Park City. Park City Mountain Resort, Canyons Golf. Uh, great, great news. Their fall pricing is now taking effect. So if you're a Utah, bring your Utah ID. Uh, it's $70 to play a round of golf at a world class golf course. Canyons Golf is fantastic. Beautiful vistas, elevated tee boxes, the most luscious fairways in the state of Utah. You guys, get to Canyons Golf. We're there every weekend. Um, Play golf with us. If you guys are in Utah and you want to golf with us, come up to Canyons. Um, We're happy to play golf with you guys. Mayor McCluskey, or excuse me, PXG McCluskey, uh, is now going to play with us this Saturday. Uh, My wife's got a triathlon in the morning in Provo. We playing golf in the afternoon, then my friends. Three yeah. o'clock tea time on Saturday at Canyons. Come join us. It's just the best golf course you're ever gonna play. Um, it's challenging. It gives you the opportunity to really experiment, to really play some shots and angles you wouldn't see. Like I love the fact that at Canyons, it is shot to shot. You have to concentrate. It's not your par three bang around course. And that's what I love about it. It's a world-class golf experience for 70 bucks in their fall pricing. It's amazing. Canyons Golf, the official golf club of the Monty Show. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the program. We appreciate that. Um, Hey, let's talk about this James Harden thing. Mm -hmm. Because I think this is fascinating. That James Harden, and I don't know where you guys come down on this James Harden thing. But James Harden was fined $100,000 which he, by the way, announced today that he is finally in grievance and appealing. He was fined $100,000 by the NBA. Jake, are you on board with that?
0: I'm not necessarily on board with it. I think it's kind of a soft look on Adam Silver. I think that, you know, instead of fining James Harden, I I, I would rather see an investigation into Daryl Morey, and I'd rather see that investigation conclude and go through its process before we start fining players because I think that... You know, Daryl Morey had some issues with Chris Paul in the past. Uh, there were, there's there been some issues with other players, and James Harden is just the newest case. And I think that the only problem for James here is that James is a guy that has a reputation for hopping around teams. So if you're Adam Silver, you kind of got to balance this whole concept of, hey, is this more Daryl or is this more James? Is James causing problems, or did Daryl get himself into an issue here? And unfortunately, they rewrote the CBA, uh, and obviously it got agreed to by the Players' Union, to basically make it so you can't hold out anymore. You can't just say, hey, I'm not going to play for you anymore, which is why Damian Lillard's going to still play. And so, to me, this fine is nothing more than following a process and saying, hey, the CBA says this, you got to, we got to fine you. But I don't think, optically speaking, it looks real good. I think that it's kind of a, a bad look for the league.
1: Well, and here's Adrian Wojnarowski's tweet, Woj bomb. The NBAPA will file a grievance to an arbiter disputing the NBA's $100,000 fine on James Harden and the league's assertion that his recent statements violated collective bargaining agreement rules against public trade demands. I don't don't have any doubt that this is a trade demand. Mm -hmm. I, I have no doubt about it. I think this was a huge misstep on James Harden's part. But you look at this statement, From the NBAPA, quote, we respectfully disagree with the league's decision to discipline James Harden for recent comments he made, which we believe do not violate the rule against public trade demands. We intend to file a grievance and have the matter heard by our arbitrator. Okay, so does this, as the NBAPA says, is this an overreach by the NBA? Well, James didn't come out and say, I demand to be traded. But what did he say? I will Daryl Morey's a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he is part of. Let me say that again, and he repeated it. Now, is that a trade demand in in his specific verbiage? No, but l- let's not beat around the bush here. James Harden made a tr- public trade demand, and he called Daryl Morey a liar because sources have said that Daryl Morey promised to trade James Harden in a in a very timely manner, which he has not done. And then the Sixers made the statement that they are going to bring James Harden to training camp, and that's where all this took place. But here's the problem for the 76ers now, and really for Daryl Morey. Now you're bringing a malcontent to camp. Yeah. And he knows he can't hold out, so now he's going to be in camp, And he's going to be a pain in the ass. And what is everybody going to be asking the Sixers about? Hey, how's this James Harden situation affecting the room? Hey, how's it affecting practice? Hey, how's it affecting the team? That's what this is. It's a mistake by Daryl Morey. If he promised to trade James quickly, that was a mistake. In the fact that he hasn't traded James is a mistake. You should have moved the guy. There was room to move him. There was value in it. Your problem is that you're asking for the moon. And the, he's not worth the moon, dude. Make the deal. You promised to make the deal. The compromise here is to trade James Harden and move on with your lives, but I, I don't think Daryl Morey wants to do that. What constitutes a promise? <clears throat> That's a great question. Yeah, because
0: I think Daryl Morey, I my opinion is, and again, we don't have a lot of facts to go off of this, but just based on what's taken place over the years with Daryl, my opinion is, is that I do think he promised James Harden a max extension, and I think he was never going to give James that max extension, and all he wanted James to do was sign his his current extension. And that's where all these issues came in, and that's why James in China said, hey, I'm never going to be a part of an organization and Daryl Morey's a liar. Like I, like I also
1: think the China component played a role in this. You humiliated the NBA on an international stage. James Harden made these comments while on tour with Adidas promoting the Harden brand. Yeah. Which is an Adidas clothing and shoe line. Right. Why would you do this in China? Knowing that... A, Daryl Morey is already an adversary of the Chinese Basketball Association Mm -hmm. because of the things he said about China. And I think you were looking to make it difficult. I think James was looking to make it difficult. I don't think the language James Harden used here was accidental. Mm -mm. I won't be a part of an organization he's a part of.
0: Which is very different than I hey, demand I to be want traded. To be traded. Yeah. Yep. I think you're right. Yep. I, it's totally different. And by the way, I, I also think we need to ask the question, bro. How valuable is James Harden? I mean, how? Like, I I agree with you. I don't think this guy is seen as a is a hey we had James Harden and all of a sudden we're in the NBA finals. I don't think that's how people view him. I think people view him as a hey he can get us to the playoffs. He certainly can help us go on a playoff run. Yes. But championships. Not so much, right? Yeah, I, He's not I think one. it's
1: I think it's a huge problem. I think it is a huge problem. Let's get your comments on this in the NBA. Make sure you give us a thumbs up uh, on the show. Hit the like button. We're only eight away from 300 likes today. That would be phenomenal. Uh, if you are not a subscriber, please subscribe. We are less than 1,000 away from 25,000. Uh, AAR says, Harden, there's a guy who is not a team player, 100%. Agreed. One hundred percent. I would agree with that. Lock stock and barrel. I think there there is no doubt that he's a guy that is he's a pain in the ass at this point. You know, Blake says if I called my plant manager a liar, I'd be fired. You would. But we don't live in the real world in the NBA. No, right? we We don't. It's make believe. Mike Smith, does the NBA have international punishment abilities? What do you mean by that? Like, if he were to go somewhere else, they, he's not going anywhere else. He he is under contract in the NBA. He's got to be there. Uh, AAR says Harden supposedly wants to play for the Clippers or Lakers. He wants to be a Clipper. There, there's no question about it. He wants to be a Clipper. And... But I
0: also think this conversation between owners and players and who actually has the control in the room has been one that's evolving over the years. Yeah. I, I mean, after the coup that happened in Brooklyn with Durant, I mean, I think that pissed off a lot of owners in the league, just that dynamic, not necessarily Durant himself, but just the fact that players of Durant's ilk and Harden's ilk can come out and just say, yeah, I want to be traded, and then they get traded. I mean, that's owners are not amused by that, and I think that that's the the thing here. That's the power struggle, you know, if you will. I mean, if the players are on one end of the rope and the owners are on the other end of the rope, I, I think we're still somewhere pretty close to the middle. I, I, I still think that it's a player's league, but the owners are doing everything that they can do to change that about the NBA.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, sure, it's a conversation. Uh, M.W. Robbins, 11, he didn't say anything about uh, negative about China. Oh, certainly he did. So when the NBA was having a tour of China several years ago, Daryl Morey tweeted out support for protesters in Hong Kong, which isn't the right or wrong part of the conversation. I think everybody roundly supported the protesters. The issue is that China, and really in the entire Pacific Rim, in the, the countries that make up Asia, are a massive revenue source for the NBA. Mm -hmm. And it's why the Rockets immediately distanced themselves from Daryl Morey and his tweet. The NBA did the same. Like, it was a really stupid move. And it made him a, uh, uh, largely in China, it made him a heel. It made him a guy that most people don't like. And it was a really dumb decision. It was, it was, he tried to play a hero and it just went too far. Yeah. And it's why, it, it's why he got burned for it. Uh, Harden, quote, if you pay me more, I promise to complain louder. Well, he did opt into his player option. So, James, the unofficial mayor of Cowboy Country, Okie State. <laughs> Go Pokes. The NBA should not have fined Harden. Trade the guy and get some picks. Harden can shoot, but he doesn't play defense. Philly needs a guard that can play D. They need someone like Marcus Smart. I think that he was – I think James Harden – I would agree in totality on that, those comments. James Harden was really good for the Sixers. And I think your bigger problem is not James Harden. Your bigger problem is Joel. Because now he's uh, removed all reference to the Sixers on his social media platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're we're headed in the wrong direction.
0: And for Joel, you know, I got to be honest, I don't blame the guy. I mean, you started in Philly, right? And and obviously, his early days in Philly were were you know plagued by injury concern. You know, with the back and just working through that. But he's been a really reliable player. I mean, he he's he has fortified been. his body, and I think you know Joel Embiid. Uh, you want to talk about a guy that can be traded? I mean, that's that's a guy that can pretty much go anywhere he wants to go. So so to me. Yeah, I, I, I think if you're Philly, you really got to weigh, hey, you know, how much, how much you know, a, how hard do we want to lean on these guys? Because ultimately, what no one ever talks about is, hey, how you handle this situation will impact the next situation with a player. They will look at this.
1: And your ability to sign free agents. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a big deal. You know, like, it, it is. Certainly. I don't know, man. I think the the East is an ever changing <laughs> landscape. You talk about James Harden, and you mention Marcus Smart. I think Boston is going to tremendously miss Marcus Smart. Yeah, I think. I think there's so many maker breaks in the East. Have you guys seen the way Jalen Brunson's playing in the FIBAs? Uh, dominating. I mean, Marcus Smart is a guy that you need to defend the Knicks. Marcus Smart's a guy you need to defend the Cavs. And then there's the whole Donovan Mitchell situation there, but I think the East is a rapidly changing landscape. Yeah, And this James Harden situation in the East, the the Sixers, if they want to contend, I, I think you have to tear it down now. I think you have to try and trade Joel because the East is is, is open to that. You look at the deals that Houston did weakening Toronto. You look at, the Nets are are not at a high point, not that they're terrible, but they're not conference championship material. All right. The the East is open to be won, which is why I'm a frustrated Bulls fan. But if you're Philly, I think you got to make deals here to reset yourself. And I it, it, almost as though it is Brooklyn, right? Like Brooklyn I thought did a really nice job resetting themselves with the Durant trade. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I think you have to do that. And now, Watnabi and, and whatnot, that roster's different in Brooklyn now. Isn't there a chance here for Philly to do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there's a chance, but it begs the question. I mean, if you're going to trade Joel Embiid and James Harden, uh, you know, what about Tyrese Maxey? I mean, who who who's off limits? Because I can tell you right now, everybody and their mom in the league wants Tyrese Maxey. I mean, the guy is just a savage when it comes to scoring. So, so I just. I, I don't know. The problem is is that Daryl Morey on one hand is regarded as, as a great operator uh, as a GM and, you know, what he's able to do. But at the same time, Daryl Morey always finds himself in these situations. And so it, it I, that's why I say, like, I'm not 100% on Harden's side. But there's a big part of me that's like, yeah, dude, this isn't the first time we've seen Daryl have issues. So if you're going to think about tearing your organization down – Like, is Daryl Morey even the guy you want to do that? Oh, he can operate. I know he can operate, operate. but but my point is not that he can't operate. My point is, is that when you're dealing with superstar caliber players, when you're talking about rebuilding a roster and going out and getting those top guys... Those top guys don't want to be treated the way you've treated Chris Paul and Harden and all these different dudes.
1: But I I also wonder about Boston quite a bit. You look at Chris Stapps Porzingis in this injury situation. I think that's something you have have to watch because now he's down for two months. Mm -hmm. And they say he may be ready for training camp. I think that's a stretch. I look at this situation with Giannis in in Milwaukee. Dude, I'd be paying all kinds of attention to that. Giannis out of the FIBAs because he's worried about injuries and staying healthy. Never mind that Chris Middleton's not getting younger. Um, I think that's a that's one where I would be very careful. I would be very careful if I were the Bucks. Yeah. And at what point do the Bucs start to retool that? Although you won the Eastern Conference regular season last year, but... Yeah. I'd be really careful with that. And then again, I go to the Miami Heat. How good or how mid-level mediocre are the Heat? Because I you know what I'm going to say?
0: Depends on if you get Damian Lillard or not and what that's going to cost you. That Tyler
1: Hero contract. Mhm. It's killing you.
0: Because what do the Heat need? They need someone who can answer the bell when Jimmy can't do it. It can't just be Jimmy. It, that's not what championship teams are made for anymore. I love anymore. the
1: Thomas Bryan edition to back up Bam, mm-hmm. but you gotta you have to retool that roster. I I mean, all due respect to Kevin Love, I still don't like Kyle Lowry there. I still don't like Duncan Robinson. Although Duncan played well in the playoffs, I still don't like Duncan Robinson. That like I my point in all this is, yeah, I think the Eastern Conference is wide open. Hundred percent. You can win the East if you're savvy about it which brings me back to to Cleveland and I I just wonder again is Donovan Mitchell what ailed the Cleveland Cavaliers and is this his last chance to really to win there because you still have a decent lineup there yeah but you're good you're not great and I'm I'm wondering like George Niang's a nice signing there but is that really a difference making pickup is Damian Jones really a difference-making pickup? Yeah. Cleveland's not better.
0: Yeah, I think it really depends just how far Don can take him. you know, because they've got talent there. It, it's not championship-caliber talent, but it is certainly playoff-caliber talent, and it, it does make you wonder, like, you know, if you put... Again, it's it's the age-old question with Don. If you put Don in a Game 7 in a conference championship game, you can expect 30 or 40 yeah. out of them, you know? But, but he hasn't really shown the ability to get you over the hump. Does his 30 or 40 mean you win the game? That's the question for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I yeah, I'm curious of your, I'm curious your thoughts. Let's talk NBA hoop in the comments section. As soon as I remind you, they bucked up energy is the official energy provider of the Monty show. Look how much energy we've had today. Yeah. Again, an hour and 24 minutes ago, we hit a shot, and it was glorious. I'm telling you guys, the thing I love so much about Bucked Up is that they're they're fearless. Bucked Up wants to be involved in us giving away Colorado at Utah tickets on November 25th, and all you have to do is go to BuckedUp.com, make a purchase, take a screen grab, tag us on Twitter or Instagram, right? Take a picture of it, send it to us. Um, if you're in the the members-only group on on um, Instagram, the Monty Show members-only group, put it in the Monty Show members-only group. Bucked. Bucked up works. And I always go to this. We posted the Callum Von Moger interview today, by the way. And I always I, I always go to this because I told the CEO Ryan um from Bucked Up, Ryan Gardner, when he was in the studio, my wife's doing this triathlon this weekend. And she is using, she cannot wait for me to bring home the the Von Moger uh Banff. The pre-workout, high stim pina colada flavor. Like she is all about that. Mm-hmm. She is all about that. And Calm walked in here and gave this to us. It's got six grams of pump in it. Um, It has got 333 milligrams of caffeine. If that doesn't get you jacked, I don't know what will. Um, And I'm telling you, it gives you that mental clarity so you can have that mind-muscle connection. My wife uses her pre-workouts. We use their collagen peptides. We use their whey protein isolate. My wife uses their endurance product when she's training. She did a 30-mile bike ride on Saturday, which I am so proud of her for And a lot of it is because Bucked Up makes good products that do exactly what they say they will do. Interact with Bucked Up. Go to Maverick. Get yourself a Bucked Up energy drink. Go to any of the Bucked Up stores in Utah. Get yourself a Bucked Up energy drink. Take a picture. Tweet at us. Instagram at us. You're entered to win the tickets to Utah. Hosting Colorado on on November 25th. We're going to give those away on Friday. Um, and there's two ways to win. As well as Bucked Up, you can go to Super Chicks in Ogden on Riverdale Road. Or, of course, go see our friends down in the Jeezy. We love our guys down in St. George. Hope you guys are drying out. Best part about Super Chicks, you guys, oh, man, everything is fresh, chopped in-house every day. Those breaded chicken breasts are always fresh, never frozen, breaded in-house every day, made to order so they're not sitting there under a heat lamp. They make all their stuff fresh. Their fries are made to order, and they're chopped fresh in-house every day. We were just there on Sunday. Had a lovely, lovely cordon bleu chicken sandwich. So good. You guys, the cordon bleu at Super Chicks is so good. So good. Remarkable. Super Chicks, bucked up energy, present our final ticket giveaway for Colorado at Utah right here on the Monty Show. Just take a picture and tag us. Uh, on social media, uh, Aaron Wilson says the members only group is amazing. It truly is amazing. I don't know what we did to, to deserve that, but we have put together a group of guys, whether it's Aaron or anybody else that's in there, Tanner Plummer's in there, uh, boss frogs in there, like whether you're talking about prize picks for that day, or you're talking about, a tough day at work, or the Jazz, or the Bulls, or the Big 12, or the ACC, or pew-pew, wreck pew, them. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You can talk about anything you want, and you're going to get a conversation. Uh, OG Gary says, Jurassic Tacos on the way. Oh, that's so good. Ruff's official. Uh, if Wander Franco was a billionaire owner, you guys would have a two-hour-long rant about it. Why would I have a two-hour rant about And why are you commenting
0: about Wander Franco, like—
1: what is what is Wander? We only talk about Major League Baseball players, and Wander Franco is not currently a Major League Baseball player. So always average to see you, uh, Larry Kent, uh, Kenton Ring. Maybe SEC and Big Ten need to look at what the Pac-12 at what Pac-12 means. Arrogance killed the Pac-12. What happens when the networks can't pay out? ESPN is laying off. Will ESPN survive? I hate this conversation. Yeah, we've had this conversation a hundred times. ESPN is not struggling financially. ESPN's layoffs were mandated by their parent company, Disney. ESPN makes damn near $1.5 billion a year just on streaming alone. Uh, ESPN, I don't know if you guys understand. Every time somebody signs up for YouTube TV, ESPN gets $25. ESPN's not struggling financially. Cord cutting has been mitigated at ESPN because now they've expanded their streaming so much. ESPN's not struggling financially because they have every football game of consequence. So college football playoff lives on ESPN. Uh, The SEC lives on ESPN. The Big 12 lives on Mm -hmm. Um, college basketball, the NFL, Monday Night Football, Major League Baseball, the NHL, Every major game of consequence is on the ESPN family networks. ESPN is not struggling financially. Hey, where are the NBA finals at? I believe they're on they're on Fox. They? Oh no, they're on ESPN. That's right. That's right. My bad. <laughs> O.G. Gary, ESPN. Apple should buy ESPN. I think Apple would love to buy ESPN. I think the issue is is that Disney. I think Disney and Apple are far better partners than people think. Yeah, but I can't see a, a space in time where Bob Iger says, yeah, we're going to sell ESPN to Apple. I, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, I I really don't. I, I don't know why why that would make sense. Uh, Brandon Butler loyal since 1320 and a member since the start and not even uh, a McCluskey reference. What you mean? What you mean, Brandon? Brandon yeah, Butler is one of dude? our guys. We talked to you all. The, I talked to you today in the chat. I think. Talked to I? you all the
0: time. What yeah, you, mean dude? What today? you mean,
1: bro? What you mean, Brandon Butler, uh, Mike Chase? There's a Jurassic Taco in West Jordan off the of 70th at Redwood. Yes, we love Jurassic Outstanding. Taco. It's very good. Kaufman, uh, gotta go work fields tonight. Later, I'll see you later. Kaufman, good hey, to see you, you dude. My guy. Good to see you, Paxton. What's up, Paxton? Hug him, boy. Hug him, boy. Good to see you. Uh, Mike Smith, I got something for, for Apple to buy. Monty's extra long colon. There you go. Make an investment. Can you measure it? Brandon says I was being a bit facetious. Oh, uh, okay. Good, because okay, you're good. our dude. Good. <laughs> Just make it sure, bro. Brandon Butler gave me a scarf at the RSL match. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of buying from Apple, let's uh, get to our non-sports portion of the program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How much is too much? Can I like what are you willing to spend on your new iPhone? Yeah, so Apple Apple is rolling out the new
0: 15 iPhone 15 Pro Max and Pro and and they say that the new pricing allegedly the rumor on the street is that it's going to be you know somewhere in the $1500 range. And, you know, and obviously specs and how much storage and all that good stuff makes the price vary, but 1500 is going to be the the top of the market on the new iPhone. And, and I have to say it, it feels excessive. You know, I've had a 13 Pro Max for, you know, obviously since it came out and I was really excited and I got the gold one, one terabyte of storage. It's awesome. Haven't even, I'm my storage is only a quarter full and I abuse my storage, I'm constantly doing videos and stuff. It's great. But I have to say, I'm very curious how Apple comes up with these prices because I know there's demand and I know people love the new iPhone and I would love to get it. But 1500 bucks is a lot of money. And I know, hey, payment plan. I think you know on this one, you know, yeah. we paid 1100 I think and it was like 30 bucks a month or something. So obviously you can afford it, but that's not really the point anymore, right? Like there was a there was a thing that just came out that, you know, American workers who try to switch jobs or are asking for a new minimum, which is 80,000 a year. People are tired of struggling and tired of paying $1,500 for iPhones. Totally agree. And I wonder like, when does the sentiment of, uh, when does consumer sentiment like go South? When do we start saying, Hey, yeah, we love the iPhone. Uh, but I'm not going to spend $1,500 for the top dog. I'll spend eight for a mid-level phone that works great for me uh and maybe doesn't have as nice a camera or screen but still i get the one terabyte of storage right like because that's essentially what apple does hey you're gonna get an amazing new camera great storage awesome processor and you're gonna pay an arm and a leg for that like i'm curious what the tipping point is for apple when i saw the rumor mill out that that was what they were gonna charge i was like wow dude like so let me get this right we got seven percent on mortgages we got uh, five, six percent on cars. We got fifteen hundred dollars uh, on on iPhones. Like, where does it stop? That's why the Apple thing spoke to me so much, and that and that's why I'm curious for you guys. Like, yeah. is fifteen hundred bucks too much for a phone?
1: I. It's close. It's close. It's close. Um. Now, I'm a I'm an Apple guy. Across the board, you know, Mac, studios, iPad, the whole nine. I love my iPhone 13 Pro Max. I will likely get into a 15 Pro Max. But it's it's arduous. It's arduous. It's. It's a little frustrating because they they're price strategy is usually right on they're not going to price it so that it won't sell but they're gonna they're gonna max out their revenue and I think people will pay it I think people will pay it yeah OG Gary 1500 for a two terabyte iPhone it's wild and and you're right who needs two terabytes on an iPhone
0: I've won and it's awesome. I don't know that I'd need two.
1: Domer Wap. I reviewed the Disney 10K and 10Q filing, and they are struggling. Disney is struggling massively. I don't that their their theme park business, their the losses they're taking on Disney Plus right now, um, the movie and entertainment business, the cost of content. Like it is, Disney has had some issues, but they, I think they're doing a nice job moving back. By the way, you spoke of revenue, but admitted expenses. Expenses are killing Disney. Um, Well, I can tell you that ESPN's a $3 billion profit in the first quarter. Now, that's down year over year because their uh, rights fees went up, but you have to wait a cycle to see what they profit on those rights fees. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like Q4, Q1, 24, Q2, 24. That's when we're really going to get an idea of where ESPN's profit structure is at. But their profit went up three billion they made three billion dollars. yeah three billion dollar. ESPN's not struggling. Disney is struggling. yeah. and ESPN continues to add subscribers to ESPN plus. They also continue to tick those prices up. ESPN plus is going to be I mean I would think by the end of Q3 here. I would think that ESPN Plus is going to be a, a profitable venture. I would think. Yeah. If not end of Q3, certainly in Q4, it's going to turn into a leader. Because the other thing you got to remember is ESPN, ESPN is going to go direct to consumer, which means they're going to cut out the cable and satellite provider. And they're going to put everything on your phone, your smart TV, and your computer. Yes. And they're gonna they're going to cut those out. And their service, people will pay for their service because there's going to be only one place to get the college football playoff. Yep. I mean, ESPN understands its value proposition. Now,
0: you want to talk about gambles? How does Pat McAfee's show pan out for ESPN truly? How does that help them? How does that, where does that go? Because I think Let's that's the next go, big question. Let's go, Dan's B.
1: What did I tell you guys on Dan's B? Stay hard. Stay hard. 3 2, Cubs trail Detroit. Sorry. Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm just curious. I I don't know. Like, I think... Pat. In, in the comments,
1: are you guys fans of Pat McAfee?
0: Yeah, because I think Pat going to ESPN, and I think it's the 7th he starts there, I think it is, or September whatever. September 7th. Yeah. So, dude, I'm very curious if that's going to be a smashing success or just sort of an average transition based on, you know, how, how it's received by fans and listenership and viewership and all that good stuff. The,
1: the the interesting part is YouTube is widely accessible. ESPN is not as accessible as YouTube. And YouTube in the demos where Pat McAfee is strong is the dom, dominant streaming option. Yeah. I mean, millennials, Gen Zers, I, I mean, everybody calls YouTube their number one option for streaming. Yeah. Is is he going to have attrition or loss? Is he going to bleed viewers based on the fact he's going to ESPN? I think that's going to be a really interesting equation. Because obviously on the TV side, he's not going to be able to curse. You're not going to have that. And I don't think cursing's a make or break for Pat. I think this is a guy that's on college game day, WWE. Like, I mean, this is not this guy's first yeah. foray. I think Pat McAfee's personality and the way he delivers his show is what makes or breaks his show. Because you either love Pat or you hate Pat. There's no in-between.
0: And I think his show is, in when you say the way he delivers it and how it feels, is prime for YouTube. I think there's a comfortability. I think there's a certain you know, fun nature about it. Like, I think there's a certain, uh, j- there's just a feel that works great on YouTube, but I don't, and this is, so this is my question for ESPN. This is what I'm trying to understand about their strategy. I understand generally where ESPN is trying to go. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But when you look at Pat's show, Pat McAfee doesn't deliver the hardcore, you know, just talking sports, you know, in a really perfect like a hardcore radio show setting. He's not giving you that kind of product.
1: Cubs tie the game Candelaria 420 foot home run 3 3. I'm sorry, you were saying
0: Pat McAfee is not a Cubs fan. Pat McAfee doesn't know who Candelaria is, he does not. But Pat McAfee knows football and he delivers that to you in a very, you know, bros just
1: talking way.
0: And I don't, I'm guessing ESPN likes that. I don't know. But I feel like ESPN has millions
1: of subscribers like that. The the twenty five thousand people that watch his show at a time like that. The one point four million people who watch the Aaron Rodgers. But how many of those people live.
0: are gonna? How many of those people are gonna find him
1: on ESPN? I think that's the biggest question. That's the biggest question, and I I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Uh, Mike Gundy's sixty first winningest head coach all time says hammer down. Yes. Um, Sir Bob Loblaws says, Pat has too many tattoos. Does Pat have tattoos? I, I don't know if that's the case. Mike says, let's go, Pat. Tom says, Pat is great. Show is great time. Hilarious. OG Gary, Pat at Barstool. Yes. The new Pat, no. Too watered down. Never saw Pat at Barstool.
0: What do you mean by that, though? Like, is it just, is it cursing? Is it just like, what, what does watered down mean for Pat?
1: Yeah, I don't know what that means. Explain that, Gary. Uh, Gary Wolf. Uh, Patty Mac fan? Um, no. Really? Okay. Okay. Uh, Mike Smith says, too many tattoos is an oxymoron, unless it's the face tats. It, right. I have 20 or so. Uh, barfing chickens. I'd rather pay 5K for an overkill PC than a Vision Pro and an iPhone. Well, I'll tell you what. The Their studio computer... Dude. Beast. Monster. Uh, Sir Bob says, WWE sucks. Bring back the territories. Okay. Stone cold. Stone cold. Pat McAfee. Uh, Ron Nolan. McAfee, uh, McAfee's wife beater t-shirt's got to go. I Now this, this Jake another and I conversation. have talked about this a ton. Yeah. I'm a collared shirt guy. I am a button up. I am a collared shirt polo guy like mm-hmm. every single day. You will rarely, you will never see me on this show without a polo or a button-up shirt on. I just don't do it. Uh, I will occasionally wear, in the wintertime, you guys know I wear, like, golf pullovers or, you know, just like a quarter zip or something like that. But I'll have a collar on underneath it. Uh, I, I just believe in that. But Pat McAfee is a kid from West Virginia that wears tank tops. I think it turns a ton of people off and yet he still has between 25 and 50,000 viewers at a time. Mm-hmm. So how much of a turnoff can it be? Yeah. That's a great point. I think people will get upset if he is viewed as a sellout who changed his show to fit into the ESPN mold. And I will say, and we've talked about this openly on the show, it's a grind. Doing it on your own. You're looking at the whole company right here and Mrs. Monty. Yeah. There's three of us that run this company and it's a fucking grind. Selling it, uh, producing it, trying to figure out why mixers don't connect to computers that don't connect to cameras. Like there's no engineer. That's that's us. Yeah. When we go on remote, there's no remote crew. Well, this is us. There's nobody booking guests. That's us. Like, there's nobody selling it. That's us. Yeah. There's nobody adjusting the lights. That's <laughs> us. And so Pat wanted out of that. Pat wanted more freedom, you know. Domer says the party's over for ESPN. Cord cutting destroyed cable bundles that effectively subsidized ESPN. But but you, you understand. Okay. Uh, if they go direct to consumer, they will. They already have it scripted. Uh, Will be much less lucrative position. Ignore uh, cleaning up, uh, Igor. Cleaning up. I I totally disagree with you. Having worked in that sphere and understanding ESPN's hold on the sports consumer, uh, I just don't see a way that we can talk about. I mean, the the issue at ESPN is rights fees. It's plain and simple. You have, you look at the NBA deal coming up. That's probably. 7 billion annual deal what's ESPN going to leverage that for revenue wise cuz that's all that matters and their 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 corporate structure as far as you know profit reporting is always in a lag because revenue for NFL it doesn't report until fourth quarter and then total reporting is done in the first quarter right mm-hmm. So it's always in a lag. Um, I I mean, it's just one of those things where if you like ESPN, great. If you hate ESPN, you hope they die and you think that cord cutting is killing them, which is absolutely not. Was it? Yes. Is it? No. They They have completely insulated themselves now as much as possible. So completely is probably the wrong word. To a large extent, ESPN has insulated itself from cord cutting. And every dish, every direct TV, and every cable company customer that signs up, ESPN gets paid whether they watch it or not. Yeah. Every time, like I said, every time somebody signs up for YouTube TV, ESPN gets 25 bucks. Yeah. Whether the, you ever watch ESPN or not, they get 25 bucks. They have a revenue stream built in. And then when you look at ESPN Plus, you're a subscriber to ESPN Plus. Oh, you want the UFC pay per view? ESPN gets a cut of that. Like, you guys don't, I don't think you fully understand the reach that ESPN has financially. Yeah. If you did, you would never say something like ESPN's dying. You would understand that their revenue reporting is frustrating to Wall Street. Because it's always on a lag. So you don't get profit and revenue at the same time in a total picture. Which is exactly how Bob Aguirre likes it, I think. So it's just one of those things. Uh, James Knight says, great show, guys. See you. All right. See you guys later. Appreciate you. you. Um, ESPN is dying. Yeah, I mean, that's how you feel about it. You know. Uh, I watched like two episodes of ESPN, Pat, and made a fast decision. Mike Gundy, 61st winning as head coach all time. I, I'm here for the argument that Pat's unorthodox. I'm here for the argument. The hardest part is now that college game day is completely changed. Yes, it is. And I don't think people realize this, man. And they need Pat on college game day because I think the guy they're going to miss the most is David Pollock. I think you are going to miss David Pollock. I think you're going to miss... miss uh, Gene Wojciechowski, I think you're going to miss a lot of the talent that they cut out of College Game Day. Yeah, I think that is going to be a huge loss for ESPN. Yep, and they're still going to travel and they're still going to do their games and Pat's going to be in the middle of all of that. It, it is. It's just going to be one of those deals, and I I don't know, I don't know how you fix that. Domer Wap says Blockbuster Video on line three. But see, you're making me. You're not breaking me. Do you understand that Blockbuster Video didn't want to go to streaming? They didn't want to do the the Netflix sent, mail me a DVD. They thought that people would always come to the store. Yeah. ESPN understands that people don't want to go to the store anymore. Yeah. You know, like, think about the, we were, we were, they were talking about Sears and Roebuck on Pat McAfee's show today. Yeah. Why did Sears die? Because Sears didn't evolve.
0: Why did Amazon thrive and continue to grow and continue? Because they're, they're appeasing customers.
1: It's It's very simple. Yeah. This is super. You either evolve to understand what your customer wants and how they want your content. Where they want your content, bro?
0: People are paying fifteen hundred
1: dollars for an iPhone. You really think they want to read it on paper? <laughs> they don't. That's the amazing part about ESPN, and I think e- I think ESPN loves yeah. the you know blockbuster online three thing.
0: Yeah, and I agree that people hate ESPN, and that's fine. You guys can think it's dying, but yeah, I just don't think it is, man. That's not that. That's
1: not what the total picture says. Yeah, we'll see what they're. When they lose a – when they don't have the NFL, when they don't have the NBA and the NBA would never leave ABC, ESPN because it's just so good for them. Yeah. They get carte blanche at ESPN and ABC because the NBA is just so critical. I mean, there's
0: nothing like – dude, I I need you guys to understand this. There's nothing like in the NBA season – Getting home from work and knowing, yep, got that NBA doubleheader tonight. It's on channel four.
1: We're good to go. There's nothing like Christmas Day yeah. when everybody's watching the NBA on MB on uh ABC. Yeah. On ESPN. Yeah. And you you look at ESPN and I just I don't know how they... It'll happen eventually. Yeah. They'll lose the NFL, but everybody thought it was over when Dan Patrick left ESPN. They got bigger. Everybody thought it was over when the big show was done. They got bigger. You know, their real failing has been ESPN Radio. Yeah. Which now they farmed out to a different company to run it and sell it. Yeah. So ESPN knows what they do well. Live sports on TV. That's what they do well they broadcast live sports really well. Yeah. They're the best in the business at it. The the bigger issue for me is what what is the next thing? Is Pat McAfee, and to your question because I think this is a really good question, is Pat McAfee that next bridge to growth for ESPN? Because I think sports talk on your phone on video is what's next. Yeah. Cause you, 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 you can't believe that radio will survive. And I'm a guy that worked in radio for whatever, 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You can't believe that the radio industry is going to survive. Cause it's, it's showing you, it cannot, it won't evolve. So I look at Pat McAfee and I, I, I think one of the things about Pat that's so spectacular is all the, all the competition. Pat left Barstool because he didn't believe that Barstool could deliver him reach. And he was right. Barstool has not delivered reach. It's a still a really small brand. So he leaves, goes, for, goes to work for himself, and he's making over $100 million a year on a company level. The Pat McAfee Show is $100 million a year. And he's like, yeah, I can't do that. I just had a baby. I'm married. I'm." Now he's going to ESPN, and by some accounts, he's making $54 million a year to do game day, to do the Pat McAfee show, to do mm-hmm. to do it all. And that's
0: really what it is now. That's what's next, right? Look at Scott Van Pelt. I think that is Scott next. Van Pelt's going to do like five things for ESPN. And just Pat's, signed
1: out a lucrative extension.
0: Right? So, I mean, you have to be able, uh, again, it's how many tools do you have in the bag? And Pat's got a lot of tools in the back. There's no doubt. And I think think people don't like to give him credit for that, but he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for his ability to talk football, man. And I know, obviously, he played in the NFL, totally get it, but it's not that simple. Just because you played in the NFL doesn't mean you're good at entertaining people. Pat deserves credit for entertaining people, but I think what Pat doesn't understand is he's too casual about it. There's a certain professionalism and polished nature that is required to win People at a 70, 80, 90 percentile yeah. rate, and that's what I think ESPN is going to need from him to to be successful. And yes, the Cubs still suck, and they're still giving up home runs.
1: Seven to four, they're losing to Detroit. I, I you know, yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. You know, um, uh, let's see. James says, if ESPN was so bad, why did your mark in the Big 12 insist on having their football on ESPN and Fox? You have to have some football on ESPN to survive. You do. Yes. Uh, This is why the Big 12 is alive and the Pac-12 is not. Agreed. Uh, Willie Wilson says, I hope not. Saturday morning would not be the same without the mascot heads. Yeah. Lee's not getting any older. Yeah, game day's changing, dude, and it really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree uh domer wap but if you are anchored in debt in an old model then you will die right which is why espn is going to succeed because it's not anchored in debt and they're not in an old model they are so much so to my point espn is the trendsetter in sports yeah like i mean if you look at amazon prime sports oh you don't that's right because you have no reason to fox
0: is the one that's anchored in an old
1: model and dying Fox is – I think that's a really good point because Fox doesn't have stream. Fox doesn't have bet. Fox doesn't have radio. They're trying to figure out what to do with Skip Bayless. I mean, it's remarkable.
0: I know Fox for playoff sports games, baseball and football, most notable. And bad NHL
1: broadcasts.
0: And bad NHL broadcasts. I don't know them for talking head shows their talking head shows are terrible, and yes, I, just I include don't Cowherd watch that. FS1 at all. No, I, I, so just, just to put this into perspective today, Jim Rome's off the air right now. He's moving his kid into Boulder, right? Kids going to college, freshman, whatever. He's doing his thing, so he's off the air right now. That's one less option I have during the day when we're doing whatever we're his doing.
1: His feelings are fucking terrible, awful, oh
0: terrible, dude. Um, so I don't even watch that. I don't even humor that. It's not even a thought. So I'm like, all right, well, we've got Pat. Know that he's coming up. We're definitely going to tune in there. But I'm not watching Cowherd. I'm not watching anything else. The funny else. thing
1: is, I I, sit, I went home this week. We went to the driving range this morning, worked on our swings and all that. Went home, made an egg souffle with a piece of sourdough bread. Yeah. Sat on the couch real quick, wanted to flip on. Um, it was about 9.30, I think. I can't remember what time it was. But I wanted to flip on Sports Center. Yeah. And what was on YouTube TV? What was it recommending to me? Colin Cowherd, or Fox News, or Sports Center? Yeah. I didn't even think about going to Cowherd's show. No, I went right to Sports Center. Yeah, because I'm trying to get headlines. So it it just it, it is what our ecosystem is. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's see. Tom says ESPN could have single handedly saved the entire Pac-12, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, Tom says people saying ESPN are die- is dying, they're just trolling. And I think there's some of that. Yeah. I think there's some of that. I do, I, I do think there's some of that. Uh, Paxton says Dallas Stars. Really? Okay. Ron Nolan, last September 30th with a disaster for Dish, they took ESPN off the air, did not forewarn contract dispute, first game and week of college football. The weekend was hell. I think there's a lot of that. And I think that's largely ESPN is going to lead the line on direct to consumer. Yeah. Because they're already doing it. That's what I think a lot of people don't recognize. Yeah. They're already doing it because you can watch SportsCenter on your phone. I'm saying, dude, it's all about the phone. Yeah. That's it, dude. Yeah. That is it. They're getting there. I I just, yeah. Yeah. Mike Smith, ESPN is uh, ESPN godfather to the Pac-12. We got an offer you can't refuse. No, we want more money. Later, Pac-12. Uh, how about the original deal you offered? Nah, we're good. Truth. 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 Uh, Paxton says, Pat and Stephen A. Can't do it. Nope. I'm not a Stephen A fan. I'm not an old-time, like, Mike and the Mad Dog. That's not, I'm not a, that I'm not a. i am not aii can handle, I can handle Christopher Russo a little bit. Not with Stephen A. Smith. No. Not interested. Nope. I, I think Stephen A. has very, very, very little credibility. Yeah. That's it. Mike Smith, podcasting and YouTube shows taking over old talk radio shows. Only one specific style of radio show still thriving due to older people in politics. Politics thrives. Uh, Domer WAP for $20. Thank you, sir. Ironically, this show is precisely why ESPN and Linear Networks are losing their grip. Oh, I agree with that. Not our show, but this
0: type of product.
1: Yeah. You have leveraged a paradigm shift in YouTube live sports, sure, but all the other shoulder programming has left the building. Yes, sir. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Domer, shoulder programming—such an interesting word—and I agree but with you. But that's why I say,
0: like, you look at again, like, I, and I know Jim Rome's older, but why is he still successful? Cause it doesn't matter where Jim is; he has a unique product that he provides. So he does. You know whether you love or hate him is inconsequential. You know where to find him because of what he does, and so that's why I always say when we talk about this, dude. I'm just trying to get the first segment because I know that's the best take of the day, and yeah. then I'm going to flip around.
1: That's that's it. Lee Jensen says, "Just joining the show, but do we have any good submissions for this week's contest? Yeah, Max has a good one. Not a there's not a dominant one. I'll no, be it's honest wide with open, you. open, dude." I'll be honest with you. It is wide open. Yeah, Wide open. All you have to do uh, to win Utah and Colorado tickets on November 25th, go to Super Chicks or buy yourself some Bucked Up. Take a picture. Tag us on social, Twitter, or Instagram. You're entered to win. We'll announce the winner on uh, Friday. Friday. Troy Hester for $5. Like 10 more days and a wake-up till K-State. Let's go. go baby. E-maw, baby. Let's go. Exactly right. Uh, let's see uh, Domer says for $5 when running for your life you don't have to be the fastest in the group just not the slowest and schools are running for their lives well facts that's true That's true. Kenneth uh, gives us $5 if the ACC adds Cal, Stanford, SMU and gets a 17 who is the 18th for an even number UConn, I don't think there will be an 18th but I could be wrong I'm hoping the idea I'm wrong I'm, I'm wide open in the idea I could be wrong about that but I don't think so uh, you know it is what it is alright the Monty Show as always is provided by Mike Maples who says hot take say goodbye Jake <laughs> uh, the Monty Show as always is presented by our good friends at uh, The Advocates, TheAdvocates.com best injury attorneys in the business make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show until tomorrow say goodbye Jake goodbye Jake